Hi, this is Lance Brooks, and you're listening to Australian Survivor Archives. podcast airing to go over the entire history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way right through to the current day. We are back for another interview. It's always very exciting to be able to chat to the cast from any season of Australian Survivor, particularly season one, Whaler's Way. And we, of course, are now into the meaty part of the season. We're into the Tapara section. We've gotten rid of all those Kadena members. To quote Jeff Brown, all the baby shit yellow members are gone because we are deep into the blue members now. And I'm very excited for today because we have a guest on the show today that I personally have spoken to a couple of times previously on another show. And today, though, is an opportunity to not talk about current Survivor. We're going to be talking about his season, something which I don't think I've done that much in depth on my other shows. So very exciting to have you on the program today listening. I'm going to start off by saying that my name is Ben Waterworth. Hi, guys. As you know, my name's Matt Dyson, and Ben, you're spot on. This is a very exciting interview today. Our second interview with the Tapara member that we had the great Jeff Brown on a few weeks ago, and we finally got to hear all about Tapara. But now today we get to hear it from this man's point of view. He lasted 30 days on the show. He finished in seventh place. And, of course, if we were to have a vote right now about the nicest guy on planet Earth, this guy would win that award. I speak of none other, none other than Mr. Lance Brooks. Well, I should say hello after that, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to win yeah, that yes. nicest person in the world award, I think, you know, hello is generally uh, a nice response to that. that. <laughs> Probably rather shy away from that. Probably didn't do me all that well in, in Survivor. <laughs> well, well, funny, funny enough about that, uh, Lance, just a quick question. Let's get it over and done with. Were there any alliances out there? Just want to double check with you. Well, you know, I, I recap. I, I had a little uh, look at the episode again, uh, courtesy of your uh, uh, link the other day, and uh, I believe there were no alliances still. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> just, just need to clarify, because I'm sure you've never been. I mean, you didn't get asked at the reunion. No one has ever brought that up at all in the 18 years since you've been on the show. Yes, no, it's it's something you get li- learn to live with these things. I, I uh, I'll never forget one day um, uh, while the show was airing, um, I went to the local bread shop and I was ordering some bread rolls. It was a Saturday morning, and somebody feeding him punched me between the shoulders. I almost collapsed, and I looked around, and this person says, "Why didn't you believe him?" <laughs> <laughs> and of course, as we know, Craig and you, you would have seen it those the episode last week. Of course, he. He did a damn good try trying to uh, trying to uh, break the alliance, um, and yes, you would wonder why he wasn't able to convince myself and Joel. Um, yeah, so anyway, yeah. 
the one well, biggest question we'll ask, and I'm just going to ask it right now, straight off the bat. Mm-hmm. Craig said that you would be sitting on your lounge <laughs> watching TV, regretting it, knowing that what he was saying was right. Did that happen? Were you sitting on your lounge when you finally realised that, oh, you know, that he was telling the truth? Uh, you know, the funny thing is, I'll answer this with a little bit of a, a, a story. So, so the night, night you get kicked off, and maybe we'll go there later on, but it, it's a pretty traumatic night for anybody who gets kicked off. And, uh, and it was really quite weird because you, you had no sort of – we were sort of dumped in this house and, you know, you know, a couple of the producers looked after us and then they went to bed and then you're just, you're just wide. You know, you've been 30 days. They look, there's a kitchen. There's a fridge there. And, you know, and, you know dirty, filthy. They say, oh, there's, the, there's your bed. There's your, there's your bathroom and that. And, and, you know, I just ate all night. I didn't go, I didn't go to sleep till dawn. And, and I kept – and I was very upset. And, you know, I'll be honest, you know, I, I did cry. And it, I didn't. I didn't cry because I thought I'd been blindsided. Even then, I thought because we had this thing that Robert, you know, we, we'd all talked about and we'd all agreed to that we were voting off in the Tapara tribe, even though there wasn't a alliance, obviously. But what for me, we was we weren't going to play it like Americans. We were just going to play. You'd vote for the person you didn't want it without talking to anybody. So you know, I, I agreed to that. Stupid, I know. And so I still, and, and we, we'd work, vote off the weakest people. So all oh, for that, for the next few days, I kept thinking, how was I the weakest person? You know, and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't work it out. So I still didn't know. So you ask about Craig, and it wasn't until, and we were kept apart. Unlike today, you didn't get, a, you didn't get a chance to talk to the other people who voted off. So you might sit beside them, you, and but you'd be told not, you know, and they'd be really, they'd police it very tightly. And so you, and then you're in your lockup house, so you buy yourself in a house for three for three days, and then you'd see everybody just briefly, but you'd only be driven in one car, you know. So you know they kept us all apart. So I kept thinking I was the weakest person. I was the weakest person, and geez, what what did I do? You know, I thought I was going okay, and um, so it, it didn't dawn on me until two, like on the sixth night, when when Jane went, I thought, oh well, I, you know, Jane's gone. I, you know, I'm not. No, disrespect to Jane. Uh, oh well, they must have thought, you know, Jane was the least weakest after myself. And then, but then obviously the next, the next one it became pretty obvious with the questions and things like that. So, um, and did I sit on the lounge at home and and go, why didn't I believe Craig? Um, <laughs> well, obviously, when my family started belting me and, and kicking me <laughs> and abusing me. You know, like it's a really hard thing with a survivor. You know, you have these family. Like we have quite a big family, so we didn't just sit and watch the TV. I didn't have the the shame just by myself. I had the whole family with me. You know, we had my my sisters, my nieces, and nephews, and of course, I hadn't told anybody I was getting kicked off. So, you know, and they're all following you. You know, people get behind you, and you're you're their player or whatsoever. So, you know, it was it was it's actually a really hard thing to then see it and see the family. So, Craig, look, I. Obviously, later on, I realised yes, Craig was telling the truth, um, but I, I don't know. I don't. Have, I really don't have any regrets on Survivor. I mean, I, I would have played it completely differently today. Wait, I was going to say, Lance, it must have been a tough till, a tough pill to swallow when uh, you said that straight after you got voted out, you thought it was because you were the the next weakest player. Mm. It must have been tough knowing that Jane was still in the game, and, and that's, that's no disrespect to Jane, but. You know, you were clearly a, a much more hardened competitor than she was. So 
you must have you must have thought straight away. Well, hang on a sec. How is James still in the game, and here I am out of the game? Look, Matt, that's a good. Like honestly, it seems such a logical question to say. Then I would twig. I can honestly say, for the next three days, I was devastated because I thought, what? Maybe I was weaker and and I wasn't contributing. And I honestly was that believed in that process that, so much that I I didn't doubt that that everybody else had turned on me. It's quite novel now. <laughs> so who actually came up with the idea that that's how you would all play? Like, did did someone from day one say, okay, we're not going to play like the Americans. We're just going to vote out the weakest because whoever came up with that idea is a genius if that helped them get further in the game well who you know it's a, it's an interesting and that i've often thought about i've often thought was it rob uh it's a sort of thing and i'm not, not saying i i would go along with it and somebody who sort of picked out who i was probably and we probably talked about it early early on though we sort of worked out that the best thing was to 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 dominate in the tribe so, and I'm, I'm a team player. I, I love the idea of playing together as a team. So I think why, why it got so lopsided, I do believe our team uh, linked in really well, I think. And we, um, I think one of the things that our team solidified really good, and there was some very good, like we had Katie, you know, professional athlete, Rob, professional athlete. I mean, you know, and then if you look at all the people, on the team, it was a very strong physical team. Craig was probably the strong, not probably, Craig was the strongest, most competitive person out there physically, I would say. I don't think there'd be anybody who would doubt that. Um, uh, but he he really ran, he tried to hold that team up by himself and eventually he did really well when we merged. He, he survived the first two. Um, he just couldn't keep winning. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, going back to your point, Matt, it did hurt a a little bit, not and not in relation to Jane was or anything like that, just myself thinking, oh, my God, I've let myself down, <laughs> which I thought. Uh. It's an interesting point you made about how Tapara just gelled because I've asked this question many times. I, I don't understand what went wrong for Kadena. They, they, on paper, they look like they had a very strong side. They had a younger team. You know, they had people like, you know, Sylvan, David Haas, you know, Tim, big, strong guys. Um, but they just couldn't get it together. But here over Tapari, you guys would just would dominate all the immunity challenges bar one. Um, what was it actually about Tapara? Like, did you just all gel? You all got along? Or there must have been something that kept that that mood going high and keep that winning streak going. Well, um, well, I, I think... When you have the tenacity of professional athletes like Katie and Rob, you know size doesn't always matter, and age does is an advantage too. If you you can, you know, so we and, and Shona was a really you know like she was a strong a strong woman, you know, and um, um, so yeah, in some respects, I must admit, when we looked across, you would think yeah, and Deb, you know, and Naomi, yeah, they're really athletic people. Um, I, I I do think it's about co- teams, you know. I, I don't, I, you know, I've been involved in lots of captaining lots of teams, and, and and understand when you when you do combine, you become much stronger. When you support each other, you become much stronger. And I think just with the, with you know, as I said from before, you know, Rob and Katie and and our background, and and Jeff was like Jeff was really, uh, you know, he's got a lot of experience, you know, uh, as a poli- you know, as a federal police officer. 
has done some pretty amazing things. So I actually think it when you looking back at the way it was a, it was a really strong team. Just want to mention Matt Dyson. About nine minutes until you brought up David Haas this week. Good job. Um, you know, it's uh, it's not quite as quick as you've brought him up with us. Matt loves David Haas, Lance. I think we need to establish this fact right now because you obviously weren't on a tribe with David, but but Matt has a big man crush on David Haas. And Lance, how did that develop? How did that develop? Well, Lance, I said at the top of this show that you were the nicest guy on the planet, but I've said that. Although David Haas was voted out third, I still reckon he's one of the, the greatest characters in Survivor history. I just like the way he played it. He was, he was a bit unlucky. He got sick. But he, uh, well, yeah. I think it would have been interesting, and I've said this to Ben and on this podcast, that if, just say, for instance, if yourself was, were put on Kadena and it was David Haas put on Tapara, he was there to play the game. Like He, he was going to play it different to you, Lance. That, that's, that's for sure. And... If he would have teamed up with someone like a, a Katie Gold and a Rob, oh, I reckon it would have been a totally different game for him. But I just, I just like the way he played, and I've, I've kind of got a bit of a man crush on him. It's the bald stop. head. It's the bald head. It's the bald <laughs> brothers. Yeah, look, I, I bumped into David a couple of times early on, and I haven't seen. Where's David living now? Do you know what state uh, he's in? Yes, Sydney. He wasn't in New South Wales. Yeah, he's in Sydney as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah, had him well, on the show. I'm, you think we'd know this, but that was, you know, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. <laughs> well, we've got, um, like, obviously in, what, 2022, it'll be 20 years, and I, I'd love to think we'll be having a reunion. Uh, oh, be, there'll be a reunion. We're trying to be the facilitator the of this. We're, you know, trying to make sure it happens with all of you guys. But, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, we'll, we'll get well, David there, and you'll be able to, uh, you know, bump bump uglies with him and, I don't know, share the G-string, a bit of a video reunion of his uh, infamous audition tape, perhaps. I'm not too sure. Maybe we get everyone out there in that uh, way, Matt. That'd be a fun way to do it. What was, his, what was his audition tape? There, there was there was moonwalking and a G-string, um, you know. Uh, there was, yeah, just, just casual <laughs> audition tapes. Well, actually, Lance, that, that brings me on to a good question. So let's start from the start. What, what was your audition tape? Um, I, uh, I, I, I love paddling kayaks, um, and I paddle my kayak up, up, up the Hawkesbury River into uh, near, up near Brooklyn, and I popped it on a, popped a camera, the old, you know, video, uh, cam sort of camera on, on a tree and just, and just basically talk to the, talk to them about, and I, look, I, what I did is I pitched my position as a father of three, happily married, you know, the family man, I knew they there was one role for that. Maybe two people could would they have one on either tribe of that. And so I really just went for that role. So that's what I'm, I'm pitching for. Um, you know, and I and I have done a lot of outdoor stuff. And um, uh, it's a funny thing. If most people who know me know I'm a very competitive person, but um, um, it probably uh, you know didn't necessarily come across as much in in the show. But um, yeah, I was really you know I was really keen to to, to get on it. And um, and I thought that was a really good like having having seen two two series I thought yeah there's a role for that type of character and uh, yeah so I went for it did all the right things at the time and yeah went through a process it's a really amazing pro- and you would know what the process was but you know just to go you know to get that after you send your video in and I, I forgot I think um, T told me they think I'd had seven thousand entries I think the videos in those days and then you know to get a call and say you're in the top two hundred and then. Later on, I get another call. You're not top fifty, and then to go off to a 
to uh, the, the hotel and spend a week there. It was, it was a great experience. We love hearing those stories from kind of that side, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But just a slight little backtrack. You mentioned it slightly there about what drew you into applying. You, you'd watched the previous two US seasons. Was was that it? Did you just love the show? You thought, well, hey, I'm going to give this a crack. Was there a bit of a you know a thought process before you put in that audition tape? Well, I uh, yeah, well, yeah, there is. There was there was a story behind it. My, my um, I, I'd grown up in a third generation family business went straight out of school, worked in all school holidays, loved it. Um, and then at about the age of 38, I wanted to make a change in life. And I had, I had a really bad year. I had five close family or friends die. And it was just, yeah, you want, you know, you have everyone, we all have them at some stage in your life. And and I just wanted to make a change. And I said to my wife, look, I just need to get out of what I'm doing. I've been doing this for so long. And, um, and while I was in that process of thinking in that turmoil, I, I had a, I ended up in in Concord Hospital, um, and I, I I turned up the surge. I, I turned up to um, emergency at Concord, and uh, um, bearing in mind my father had played go- had died playing golf, and when he was about forty eight, and I was almost uh, forty, and I was uh, at Stratfield Golf Course, and I just didn't feel well. Anyway, an hour later, I'm in Concord Hospital, and my heart was going at two hundred and twenty six beats a minute. Now. That's yeah. When I turned up and they asked me a few questions, then I thought they were, I was about to die and got my wife. And you know, I ended up was ended up being diagnosed and it, and it was all fine. And but it is now. But I just wanted to make a change, and so I, I said I just dropped everything. I left the family business, and one thing I always want to do is outward bound. And I don't know if you're outward bound, but it's an outdoor education program. And basically, you do some training and you go to Canberra, and they send you up to Charlotte's Pass and. And we walked overland from Charlotte's Pass to Bass Strait. And it gave me this huge love and appreciation for outdoors and trekking and endurance things. And then from that day on, I started doing those type of things and started the family camping and going out. And then we started watching Survivor. And then that first Australia, the Americans at Series 2 in Australia, um, we were watching. I remember one night, one of the kids at the end of it, they said, you know, be one of the first Australian survivors. And the kids all said, Dad, why don't you do that? And at that stage, I was sort of transitioning. And I, and I, like, secretly, I, I would have loved to have done it. And I thought, oh, geez, I just wanted to do Outward Bound the year before. And that was like 30 days. So I left my wife with three young kids and she'd say goodbye to, to entertain my you know, midlife crisis. And then when you do the ultimate in the midlife crisis, you go on a reality TV show. Um, I, I think that would be, that takes the cake. So, um, yeah, so anyway, they, um, so, I, but I love the idea of the survival concept, you know, and doing it tough. And to be quite honest, I, that was what I, 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 so much I got out of the show. And um, so there I was, you know, um, after watching it with the kid, it was really my kids. And I put, I put the entry in an, an express post bag on the last day, the day before the last day of entry. So that's how late I left it. And uh, so, yeah. And did you feel confident that you were going to get through when you got that phone call or letter saying that you were through to the next 200? Was this something you thought, oh, yeah, I knew this was going to happen or was it a bit of a surprise? I'd, ne- I'd never say I thought it was going to happen, but I didn't think it wasn't not going to happen either. Um, you know, so I just, like a lot of things in life, I, I, I've had a go at a lot of things and uh, um, and so I think the attitude is I just put my hand in uh, put my hand up, have a go, and I, and I go with the flow, whatever happens. 
and um, and it was very I was blessed to really have this opportunity to go on Survivor, which I'll be forever grateful for. You mentioned earlier, Lance, that you knew your role in the casting was that that father role. You you fit that 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 place in a tribe that they needed to fill. But did you make it clear to production in those interviews that you were going to play a real honest game or like, is, is that what you think got you on the show that they wanted this guy that was just going to play, you know, straight down the line, a real honest game or, or was, or did you go into it thinking you might have to do a bit of backstabbing? Good question. Um, remember the, and I've forgotten his name. Um, the guy on, in the Australian series, America, uh, he was quite friendly with Amber, the old older bloke. Um, Roger. Roger, yeah. And he played, he went pretty deep. He probably, I don't know, he probably fifth. went it to the last six or so, did he? Yeah, he was uh, fifth, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. So it was It was quite, yeah, it was quite. And, and, I, and I liked his character. Um, and I sort of thought, I, I imagined myself pitching for that type of role, you know, and, and, um, but an interesting thing, so if, if, yeah, we've got time, haven't we? We don't need to cut off at any ah, particular time. Craig went for three and a half yeah. hours, Lance. Go, go for your life. <laughs> that long. But so when when you get – so we got to the stage of when you get that call and you're in the top 200, they send you – sent, they sent us about a 30-page personal profile. You had to write all this stuff out about yourself and, you know, whatever, a whole, whole lot of things. The very last question was – what would you not be prepared to do to win Survivor? And I said I would not be prepared to cheat, lie, uh, steal, or hurt anyone's feelings. Now, that's what I wrote. Now, oh. I know. So, so yes, so that answers. You, you, you can say I, I was, uh, that's what I said, which is a pretty amazing thing to write. And look, I want, look. I also am not stupid. I did know, well, that's got to pick somebody's. I was thinking of the role. So the, the really interesting thing, so which I always always remember with great fondness, so having written that, I, I, I did get the call to the next, the next stage was 50 people got invited to North Sydney, Ridges at North Sydney. And, and it was a pretty amazing experience, you know, uh, um, you, you, the first day was a psych test, and basically they, you had very little. I was booked in under a guy called my name, my pseudonym was um, Jerry Hughes. So everybody had a false name. So from from the time on, my name was Jerry Hughes. So I, that's how when I went to South Australia and they booked us into the hotel there the night before we flew off, it was Jerry Hughes. So I was always known as Jerry Hughes, and um, and so when when I turned up to the ridges under Jerry Hughes's name. Um, I yeah so you, you sort of know that you, you if you last because they say if, you know you, you, people are going to be left let go during the week so because um, it was in Sydney I, I actually snuck home each night but you know and because uh, <laughs> a lot of people didn't you know so I, about eleven o'clock I just snuck out because I'm not going to be watching the door even though they said they weren't you weren't supposed to go out and so on the so I got to the last day and I passed the physical and I'd done the psych and I'd done all the other well you don't know exactly if you've passed everything but I'm still there so I thought we've got to get close. So on the morning of the fifth on the Friday I knock on the door and there's a there's a camera right there in front of your face, you know, and the and the producer and they say, Oh, we're going off here. So they, they video and you take you off to this room where you do your final interview. And the final interview was with Stephen Peters, two other producers, one was David and I've just forgotten the lady's name. And 
head of marketing for Channel 9 and one other person. There was five people. And uh, so we were going through the interview and then this guy called David, um, who's David, might have been, can't remember David's surname. Anyway, he says to me, uh, he said, I don't know if he said what the fuck, but it was basically <laughs> what the fuck are you writing this down? <laughs> How can you sit on that seat and seriously consider being in this room? Like he went real hardball on me. And I, and so and, and then he was, you know, he was going, like I thought it was a bit of a big shot, but, it, but he, went, like, was, he was playing a role too. I understood that. Um, he said, you know, there's people sat in your seat today and if I told them to fucking jump out that window right there, they'd walk over and jump out to be on the show. And how can you sit here and tell me? So then we had this long debate about how I think in life you can win by not lying, cheating, and stealing and hurting people's feelings. And it was quite an animated debate. So, look, I, I got long, long, you know, answer to your question, Matt. Like, it, I, I pretty much, that's how I live my life, you know. I, I was quite happy to do that. And that's um, even though now if I had a second shot, I would play survive. I'd love to have another second shot, but I would play it a little bit differently. I think yes. it's, it's important to have people like you on a show like Survivor, though, because any reality show will have that board where they're filling each role. And we've discovered that, of course, across covering your mm. season, that that's kind of, you know, what the case was. And it's interesting you brought up comparisons to, to Roger because, again, we're in very early days of, of Survivor being popular in in this part of the world, sort of outside of, of Scandinavia where it originated. So we kind of had only a, a small you know, type of people that we'd seen. But, yeah, Roger, I mean, Rudy on, on the very first season, maybe not quite as humble as Roger because, you know, Rudy was a little bit more unfiltered, but you still kind of had that sort of nicety. And and this is a part of Survivor 2 where alliances were a bit dirty, a bit frowned upon. We saw that through a lot of people on your season who were kind of like, well, no, we, we don't feel you need to play this way. It's not like modern Survivor where this is basically it, this is the norm. I mean, this was still 2001 when you filmed it, aired in 2002, where it's still a little bit frowned upon that you can form alliances and be a bit devious. So the nice guy or the nice girl is somebody that you're going to need on a show like this. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, and look, look. Let's face it. I mean, we're all survivor addicts. I'm, I'm sure. Um, you know, the show it's it survived twenty years. Um, it's it's you know forty odd episodes. It, it's it, it reflects. While it, it is is it is a construct. We know it's a construct, but it reflects life, and and it and and its success is that it can have so many different people participating with so many different skills, and. Uh, and look, the same person's not going to win every time if they played it, just but they won it that one time because certain things fell together at a certain times and all those sort of. It, it's um, and and that's why it, it. I think there's so many that the, the it's a myriad of life. Like like wherever we go, I mean, we do have mixtures. And if you put the same type of people together all the time, you know, you don't necessarily have the richness of what life can be. So yeah, and I and I, and I think I think sometimes they could select a, a, even a little bit more broader than what they do you know i think we've probably only in this history survivor only seen a couple of people with disabilities um you know um i i think you, they could even be a little bit more they could even push that that, that um inclusiveness of the of the show even further because what you actually see is you don't have to be super strong 
to, to win Survivor. Let's face it, you're probably uh, – it would be interesting. Maybe you know if you've profiled, you know, the winners uh, of all those shows, how many are, are the strong alpha-type characters? Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's a very good point. And I think one thing with your season is that – and I'd often refer to – the US Survivor in comparison because it is very rare in the US Survivor that the so-called strongest or the the favourite would ever go on to win. And Rob, I think, was an interesting one in your season because on paper, prior to the game starting, a lot of the media outlets said he was going to win because on paper he's the strongest and he did win. And I remember as a 15-year-old watching your season thinking that was rare because we'd only had a couple of seasons at that point. But no one predicted Richard Hatch was going to win. No one thought Tina was going to win. You know, and those were the two seasons we had to compare to. But I think in US Survivor, I mean, I don't think we really got to season 10 when Tom won Palau that you would argue you had the favourite on paper winning based on that criteria of like the strongest sort of person you would think would survive. So your season was actually quite rare, I feel, that... It was, and I would say the only season of Australian Survivor where you've you've had that guy Leach, maybe, but uh, he obviously had a bit of a different season to win. Actually, funny enough, I would actually, I understand what you're saying. Rob didn't play the game though, like the strongest person. True. Sure, his pedigree, True. his pedigree was football and professional athlete. You look at the way he doesn't. Well, maybe I may not, but my feeling is. And I haven't watched it enough times to think. My feeling he, he didn't he didn't dominate the game physically. He, oh, ab- and he absolutely, might, yeah. He I'd agree. We've gone under the radar to, to to specifically because he 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 didn't like. I don't remember him dominating anything, but he was always there. Yeah. Um, and I'd agree he, with that too. Played- I definitely agree with that. I think the yeah, I mean, not to take away Rob won a couple of immunities towards the end, but. Uh, yeah, we don't sort of sit back now and look at Rob as a as a physical player. I think we definitely talk about him more on the, the strategic mm-hmm. side. But I think, yeah, like, mm-hmm. I, as you said, you got what I was trying to say there on paper when yeah. you're analysing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luke Dennehy, we refer to his Herald Sun article a lot on these recaps. He clearly was, like, the favourite. Rob, he's going to win this game. And ultimately, he did. Mm. Yeah. Lance, w- w- when you got the, the call to say that you're on the show, you're one of the, the first 16 to ever play this game in Australia. We've heard some funny preparation stories from, from other cast members that we've interviewed. Was there, from, from those the month or however, however long you had until you were told you were on the show to actually being out at Whaler's Way, what sort of preparation did you do in that period? Well, interestingly, I didn't do anything that I normally didn't do, which my, my habit was all I paddle in the morning. We live near the Parramatta River. Um, had a young family. I always used to get up at 5.30, go for a paddle for an hour, and I'd do that sort of five mornings a week. Um, what I did do, which was possibly a mistake, <laughs> look back on it, um, there's an endurance paddle called the Hawkesbury Classic, and it's a 114-kilometre paddle overnight on a Saturday night. And it goes from Brooklyn to the – sorry, it goes from um, Windsor to Brooklyn. Anyway, it's a 100K paddle in the middle of the night, Tough endurance event. And it was on, and I love paddling, it was on the Saturday before we left on the Monday morning. And wow. I did that event. And, <laughs> and it didn't dawn on me because I love doing it. You know, I've done it over more than a dozen times. And and uh, it didn't dawn on me until I got there. I thought, oh, fuck, that may not have been a good idea because <laughs> it probably takes a week or two weeks to recover from. 
And here, I, and so within three days, I was eating nothing, and I had you, you miss a whole night's sleep. You know, you, it really it stuffs you. And so that was that was my preparation, which wasn't a good preparation. That's almost as good as David Haas's story with when when he got on he got on the piss the night before you guys actually started the game. <laughs> uh, it was uh, in the hotel. In the yeah. hotel. I, I actually that night because I don't know if he he might have gone out I don't know but I, I didn't go out but I stayed up and I thought oh shit we had we had we had complete access to the. Uh, um, Room service. So I ate and ate and ate. And I remember at about 1, 1 a.m. after the guy had come up four times and I was having an ice cream sundae, which was just massive. I said, Man, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be eating anything, for, I hope, for a while. So anyway, but um, yeah. Were there, were so, there any stories kind of in that lo- like a lockdown period before you, you're out there on that bus, uh, sort of any brief interactions with any of your, your cast members? Did you kind of pick that there were some that you knew were going to be on and you shared a knowing nod or a wink with them in the hall or something like that? I, my memory is I saw Craig at the, at the uh, Ridges Hotel. Um, I remember seeing him. But, of course, you, you don't really know. They keep everybody apart. You don't really know who you're going to be competing against. Um, and then flying from my family saw me off. I think we were probably all on different planes, you know, flying from, uh, you know, Channel 9 took the, the the secrecy side of it really serious. Like it was really quite intense. I don't think they'd worry about it today. Um, in fact, they'd probably help promote it a bit more. Um, and so, and then when we arrived at the hotel, you know, we, once again we were locked away, we did some, they did some sort of promotional shots, um, gave us some gear, had a meal and then we were off the next morning. I do remember sitting in the plane uh, very clearly and Rob and I just looked at each other and smiled. We were sort of a, just almost across from each other. Um, and, um, yeah, we just had a bit of a connection there. Yeah, you know, like I got on really well with Rob. I really enjoyed the time um, we had together. We had lots of talks, lots of chats. You know, he talked a lot about his his beautiful wife, Dusty, and his son, Gabe, and, you um, um, yeah, and of course, none of us actually knew that Rob was a, a an AFL player either. So that that didn't that that, that uh, I don't I think that's the case. Did we or not? I don't. My my yeah, thought is none of us. Actually... Hawthorne and Brisbane. I mean, you know, I mean Hawthorne. Who yeah, gives a shit about yeah, them? I mean, Brisbane, they're okay. He had one of those devastating experiences. We played in the team most of the season, got to the grand final day, and they they missed they they flicked him, and he and they won. The Hawks won. Yeah. Um, of course, the other great thing was, you know, when I went down there a couple of times, he, he started doing that video. Well, he was a videographer before, but he got into the um, – and I'm not still sure if it's still up, but some of the – in the AFL museum, uh, uh, some of his footage was in there on grand final day. He did a yeah, great, they uh, did a lot of the grand final recalls. Uh, I know Pete, his brother, is still heavily involved. Dixon Films uh, heavily produce a lot of sporting films. But that's actually – it's funny you mentioned that off topic quickly. It's uh, – I remember a few years after his win, and it was might have been maybe a year or two before he died – uh, they did a documentary on Shane Crawford, a Hawthorne footballer, for those who, who aren't familiar with Shane yeah. Crawford. And it was all done by Rob Dixon, written direct, and like it was heavily.
heavily promoted around Rob Dixon film. This is a guy who won Survivor, former AFL footballer. And I think he was even on the footy show promoting this with next to Shane Crawford. And that to me was like, wow, this is Rob. He won Survivor a few years ago. So yeah, he's, I mean, he's films are, are fantastic. I, I'm looking forward to getting Pete on to, to talk a lot about the films that were made after his death. And I'm sure, I don't know if he got into it beforehand or not, but yeah, great, great filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah, serious. A question we love asking all our guests on this show is you land in Port Lincoln and you get the bus out to Whaler's Way. I'm assuming when you applied for the show, you were, you were, thought you were going to be overseas somewhere, but you weren't. You were, you were down in Adelaide. Um, it, was, it was South Australia. What, what were your thoughts about the actual location and were you disappointed about, you know, not leaving um, Australia? Uh I possibly we probably thought we were going to an island. I yeah, I didn't really. I, to be quite honest, it didn't really worry me that much. I, I um, love the Australian uh, coastline, so I feel very comfortable there. So, I, to be quite honest, I, I um, and I'd driven I'd driven through there as uh, when I was yo- younger, uh, probably ten years before um, that area, and right along the co- all the way along the coast, in and out, all the way to Perth, and. I don't know. I had so no, it wasn't disappointing. What was hard though was what ultimately was a mistake was the weather. Um, yeah, it was too hard. I think a couple of things, and I hope I'm not discrediting Steve. I, I think one stage he might have said to us, "I'm going to try to make this uh, the hardest survivor there is, uh, there's been." And yeah, he was really looking for that really that edge of really pushing yourself hard. I think he. Might have also told me, or one other producer told me that they had two sites. One was going to be in Broome, and one was in 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 Adelaide, and they ended up oh well, Wales Way, uh, Port Lincoln, and they ended up choosing um, Port Lincoln, obviously. Um, so no, I, I and it was to me, it was a magnificently beautiful place. It was, you know, and I, you know, and that that there's a, so there was a shot I actually saw in the episode um, of me doing yoga, and. Uh, um, and it was right on a magnificent midden, like this huge. I'm not, I don't think I've ever seen a midden as big as uh, was just near there. And I, and I don't know. I just saw that for connection to land, and it sort of was very special for me to be able to live that experience in Australia. So, yeah, to me, it was a it was a highlight. It was. It's interesting, actually. You're, I think the first person to kind of say you, you didn't really mind the location. Actually, also, I think you're the first person to say you'd sort of been there before because none of the cast were from South Australia, so it's not like this was down the road or kind of in in their backyard. And and in your boot episode, of course, that was I think the best day of weather you had and, and Matt and I commented last week on how visually stunning it was last week in your boot episode that when Whaler's Way had the sun out and you were able to go to the beach, you were able to do your yoga, you were in your speedo dick togs hanging out a lot and we'll get to that eventually but like it was it was beautiful and not just because you're in your dick togs like the whole the, the scenery of the sun and the, the sand and the surf and everything it was a beautiful location when it wasn't cloudy. Yeah. Yeah, and like that's right. Like it. Look, I, I don't know. I love, I love the Australian coastline. And to be quite honest, if it rains, if it, if it's cold, it doesn't really matter that much. It was, but it was an. Ex, I, I thought it was extraordinary, beautiful. I hadn't actually been to Whalers Way. I'd been part, driving through Port Lincoln in that general area, um, but it was. Um, yeah, no, I, I. But it was a hard spot. It was. I, I do remember being really cold. Like it was, it, we, you'll see every any any item of clothing we had, 
we put everything on. So, um, and then you're still cold to the bone. One thing that I think Ben and I have discovered from really analysing uh, your season was, yeah, I agree with you, Lance. I think the location actually wasn't too bad. It always had that reputation as, oh, they shouldn't have done it there. It was, it was bad. They sh-. But I think when you actually stop and you really take note and really focus on some of the, the footage they show of Whaler's Way, I mean, you, you said it yourself, like, you know, it, it's actually quite stunning. And I think, yes, I think the campsites for the tribes weren't that great on camera. It didn't look great. You guys look like you had a filthy camp, like you're just in covered in dirt the whole time. But when you actually get out near the cliffs and the, the beach itself, that footage is amazing. Mm. Yeah, and we, of course we were only allowed down to the beach when the tribes, uh, you know, the two tribes, uh, uh, only every second day. And then the walk to the water, which was the opposite way out, uh, um, that wasn't a very attractive walk either. Uh, yeah, po- possibly they had to set two camps near the water, near the cliffs, but it was hard to keep it apart, and I don't think the property's that big. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was uh, – look, I still uh, – you know, it's uh, – look, to me it was a real it – was, it was an opportunity to live in a very tribal way and to live as – you know, basic as you could, and 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 to be quite honest, I still, um, you know, still sort of almost have a yearning to, to do that again. You know, it's uh, but I, but since then, I've I've developed a great love for outdoors. You know, and and, and Australian, uh, you know, walking and coastlines and uh, yeah. So it's yeah, it's, it's, it gave me a, it gave me many many gifts. Survivor, <laughs> you know, uh, um, yeah. So yeah, be forever grateful. Was a, it was a very it was a wonderful thing. Tell us about that first night, those first couple of days on Tapara, because we, we feel we've obviously only spoken to Jeff very recently, so we're still catching up on the dynamics of, of early Tapara. Uh, you mentioned you sort of had a knowing smile with Rob on the plane. Were, were you straight to Rob? Who were some other people that you were immediately talking to and, and maybe some that you maybe didn't catch on with straight away and it took you a while to develop some relationships with? Well, well Joel... Um, you know, I had a natural connection with Joel, um, for sure, and Rob. Uh, look, to be quite honest, to be quite honest, I mean, I, I like getting on with people. It's one of the things I, I like doing. So I probably built relationships with, you know, pretty well with everybody. Uh, maybe Shona and I didn't get on it, 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 as well. Um, not that we didn't get on. We don't remember having any anything. But I, but I, I would have had good and deep, meaningful conversations with all, everybody, really, and, and Shona too. I can still think of times we, 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 we chatted but because um, you actually have so much time and that's one of the beauties of the show so you, you build relationships like you don't get the time to spend that much time with people so you hearing all sorts of different things about people you know sometimes you could be friends with somebody you know for five years and you wouldn't spend that same amount of time with the people you're going to spend time with I'm always fascinated about Shona. I think she's such an interesting woman, all the stuff she's done in her life. So what was it that maybe she was the least that you got along with? Like, was it you didn't have much in common? Um, no, no. We, I remember us talking about di- different th- things, you know, about yoga. I think she enjoyed doing yoga and things like that. Um, no, I just don't think I spent as much time with Shona as I spent with, with, with the others. Um, I'd, I'd love to catch up with Shona. Have you caught up with Shona for this show? I've, I've spoken to her on the phone, um, but we haven't had her on the show yet. Now, we'll, 
hopefully get her on um, right oh, at the end. If, when, I mean, if you ever get it, you know, if you do get the opportunity and she you know, and she's up to it, you know, just pass on my details. I'd love to have a chat to her. Um, I mean, it's, it'd be wonderful to hear what everybody, you know, what everybody's journey's been, you know. So, um, but yeah, so you, you build these really, you spend so much time with people. Uh, and of course, that's the the beauty and the drama of the show when people get their feelings hurt. You know, I mean, uh, it's a hard thing for the people experiencing it, but it makes it, you know, very uh, engrossing to watch, to watch those changes. Obviously, um, it's also hard. I mean, what what you the living experience of it is not what is not the TV experience. You know, it, it, it's 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 a different experience, and that's a hard thing watching on TV. That's actually hard watching it because you're sitting down with people and saying. Oh, and you can't say, oh, it's not didn't happen. It does happen, but the way it's edited and put together is different. Well, there's there's definitely an element to your edit which we will talk about because all jokes aside with what we brought up at the beginning about your whole, oh, there were no alliances and all that sort of stuff, I think there's a really interesting angle around your edit that I feel we missed, which which I will get to. But you talk about that that nod with Rob, and clearly you and Rob had a bond out there. And we'll talk more sort of towards when you got voted out about, you know, where that bond came from. But do you remember those early impressions of, of talking with Rob? And, I mean, clearly, all jokes aside, you knew there were no alliances or didn't think there were any alliances. But did you see anything from Rob early on that, you know, this guy was playing or did you just have a genuine friendship with him and didn't think about that? Yeah, yeah I, I genuinely enjoyed his company. And, 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 and you know, I did explain before, I... I I naively didn't think we were we were doing having alliances. I mean, I know it's crazy now to even think about it, but <laughs> somehow I, you know, and I, so it just didn't dawn on me. So I had you know all these people I was having relationships with, you know, and like Sophie, I don't super well with Sophie, uh, you know, and, and Sophie and I had a natural connection connection because we're about I was a bit older than Sophie, but she also had two kids, and you know we had three. Our kids were sort of similar ages. And uh, so with, with, with back back to Rob, you know, no, it just just genuinely enjoyed his company, you know, and and he did, and we were both in the habit of getting up very early, you know, I'd regularly get up at dawn, and earlier, and I'd go out to the coast, and often he'd be out there, and we'd just sit and talk, and um, yeah, he shared a lot of a lot of a lot of um, a lot of things, you know, and uh, and it was very easy and relaxed and comfortable, and you know, we were similar ages, so it, it just yeah, it was it was yeah, so no, did. I, did I think he was playing the game and uh, doing that just to get me on side? Obviously, watching it now, an element of it, but still, I still think, you know, and the human relations side of it, I think it's 90% of it's genuine. It's just you have to turn the game on. Uh, well, you've got to turn the game on more than 90%. But what I'm saying is a lot of your human interaction is quite honest. Probably 10% of it, 15% of it is not, you know, and that's when you've got to, you've got to click in the game mode. And I think it, it takes a certain type of person who's able to balance that friendship side of things with the cutthroat nature of Survivor and able to vote you out. Rob, Rob, early on, there were several confessionals where he mentions about you, about how, you know, he, he's, he's friends with you, but he also thinks that you're somebody that can easily, I guess, be discarded in his eyes. But then by the end of it, when your boot episode, Rob's genuinely saying, like, I have grown to really appreciate this guy and this is, this is difficult. And it does border down, I think, to that psychological element where you can cut the throat of somebody uh, who is a good friend because, again, this is early days of Survivor where that real relationship, friendship thing was very, very difficult for some people to really overcome. 
Yeah, and, and look, to be quite honest, not, and Rob didn't do it easy. I, I remember on the end of the, you know, and I you know, voted for Rob, and you know, I'm sure you know that. Um, at the end of the show, when we sort of came back together after we'd done our final vote, the day we were about to go home, I remember him coming over and we gave him a hug and he, and he, was, he, was, he was weeping. You know, he was genuinely, it, it really, it wasn't just tears of an experience. He was, you know, he was, he was shaking, you know, and it, it had really, he, 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 he was, a, he was he's, a, he's a very good, noble person, but he knew he was playing a game and he played the game to win the game and he did that perfectly well. And, uh, but he still also, it still took his toll. And, I, and I'm pretty – well, he did tell me and he didn't go straight home to Melbourne. Anyway, he, he said that. I'm not sure if that's the case. I think he had to go and spend a couple of days somewhere just to get his mind right. It was, it was, it was, a, it was psychologically difficult, particularly for the people who towards the end, you know, those sort of episodes probably after I got kicked off. It, they were after, maybe after Jane got kicked off, it started to get pretty intense to, to, to very intense, as you know, and there's – uh, you know, and and it was difficult. You know, and and people did they don't just finish the game and think, oh, that's it. You know, I've won. You know, there's um, there's some really emo- emotional, deep emotional stuff you got to deal with. Um, and and, and even, you know, watching the American um, one at the moment. You know, the what's it called? The uh, winners at war. Winners at war. You know, there was somebody else talking the other day about that and about just how difficult it is emotionally and how hard it is when you get back. Um, and I think it, it was one of the winners who was saying it took them three months. Uh, might have been. Um, God, Jer- but Jeremy that. and Ben were sort of having a bit of a talk about <laughs> uh, yeah that toll on them that sort of it took yeah. after a couple of their seasons. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 really an emotional, uh, but it's a testing thing, you know. And it, and, it, and, it, and you know, ultimately, it has the potential to make you uh, give you a, a deep experience of. And strengthen you know, which you know, there's two things. You what you watch the show as a piece of entertainment. You know, we all watch it as a piece of entertainment, and it's great. And you see some people play it better than others, which is great. And then there's there's the actual personal experience inside, and um, um, and that can be really enriching. And I, I have no doubt it can be very hard for some as well. Two part question in regards to the first challenge, the infamous first challenge. What was your take on how all that played out? And second part of the question, when it came to the tiebreaker challenge, this is a question now that we're going to ask every single week to you, Tapara members. Heard a bit of a whisper on the grapevine that there might have been a little bit of a. Uh, you know, strategy involved in in Jane getting that uh, answer correct at the end, maybe some little codes going on to her. Is there any of this that you might be able to clear up for us, Lance? And, and Lance, I just I, I want to remind you, Lance, that you told production that you would never lie or cheat <laughs> or anything like that. So are you aware of any possible, yeah, tapping to let Jane know if it was true or false? Uh, look... Now my my memory could fail me. I don't remember, but that might be that might be convenient. I you know wouldn't want to say because the others might all say it was obvious, and maybe I heard about when we went back to the camp. I don't remember. So so just refresh me here. What happened? So somebody tapped something to give Jane the answer. Well, we're, we've sort of been told. Uh, um, Craig sort of alluded a little bit that uh, from what he maybe knows, there was sort of a, a little section or a code where I think it might have been Joel or, or Katie or somebody tapped 
Jane or something to imply that the answer was true or false. Now, we've obviously only had Jeff on. Jeff was very well adversed in, uh, you know, avoiding the question in, a, in many ways. So we, we, we don't know. This is what we're trying to find out, I guess, from each of you to para members, if you know anything. It, look, if if I if I'd have no shame in, I think that's pretty smart. James it is very smart, yeah, and, and that's what Craig said. Yeah, so so I have no problem in saying that was the case. Unfortunately, I I can't because um, I can't remember if that was the case or not. Um, <laughs> Wrong person to ask, Matt. This guy didn't even know there was an alliance. Was, come on, he knew nothing was happening out there. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was like one tap for true, two taps for false, um, and and. It could have possibly been Joel that was doing it. We're not a hundred percent sure, but Craig even said if it did go on, good luck to you. It's like that, that, that he he wishes he thought of it because you know at the end of the day you want to win, and if you get an advantage and you get away with it, well, that's a part of the game, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd see. I, I wouldn't see that necessarily as um, well. I just think that's smart if it happened, but I, but unfortunately, look, I can't remember that. Um, have you asked anybody else? Oh, Jeff didn't remember either. Or, or did Jeff not do want to I think Jeff an remembered. Jeff, I just think, didn't want to answer it. He was smirking when he uh, didn't want to talk about that. He did have a big right. smirk right. on his face. Yeah. Look, maybe not. Yeah, I've just forgotten that. So, so Lance, so Tapara do end up winning that challenge, which means Kadena have to go to Tribal Council first. And, of course, Lucinda is the first person in Australian Survivor history to go home. However, if if things were different and it would have been Tapara that lost, who who do you feel at that stage would have been the first to go from Tapara? That, that's, that's a really... Yeah, that's a difficult... Um, yeah, because would you say Jeff would be the first person to go again? I don't know because, you know, as we know, like every time you line up with Survivor, um, the votes change all the time. So, um, well, when you wanted to keep the team strong, you know, it was all about, you know, trying to win. When Jeff was voted out, I think we'd already won possibly three. We were up by three, I think. Would that be right? Mm-hmm. He was the fourth person that voted out, yep. I think. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so... Um, um, I, I don't know if Jeff said it, but I think Jeff, Jeff snored a bit, and I, and I think that that, <laughs> that people didn't sleep as well. <laughs> and so that um, I remember. And, that you'll be happy to know he let us know that he still snores today, so nothing's <laughs> changed. Yes, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would love to hear your take on Jeff because, of course, he was the only Tapara member that that didn't make the merge. Mm. Uh, you were the second Tapara member to leave, and, and you lasted thirty days. So, you know, we, although we saw four episodes of Jeff, obviously he was the least Tapara member that we got to source. How did you get along with Jeff? Like, can you tell us a bit about what? I enjoyed, I enjoyed his company immensely. He's a very entertaining guy. Uh, he had lots of stories. Being having been a federal policeman, uh, he'd served and been all over the world through the Middle East. I remember he had a bravery reward. I think he jumped into a flooding river, if I remember. Uh, he was funny. He was engaging. Um, I really enjoyed his company. Um, so, uh, and, you know, and, I, and I, I remember him, look, I think, I hope I'm not being unfair to him, but I don't think he was as physical as other members of the tribe. I, I think that's probably 
Um, although he, he would obviously, yeah. So I don't know. Um, um, I'm just trying to think what else I remember about Jeff. You know, he lived in Canberra, family man. Yeah, he wasn't, it just, he was a little bit old. So what, he was 52, I was 39, 40. So yeah, so we're 12 years apart. Yeah. What yeah, What's so, interesting you know, from what Jeff said is Jeff, you know, called you out as a threat. He could see you as, as a threat because of you were nice, you were well liked. And of course, in that time in Survivor, as I was saying before, like that was a, a type of player that can be looked upon positively I, I mean you were playing to win so this clearly was part of your your strategy were you thinking that people would think you were a threat because you were kind of nice and just being yourself or did you just not think of it that way uh, I probably I, I I didn't I didn't think what I was doing would necessarily make me a threat at that stage because I, I like having seen it so often I mean the, the best way to survive the first stage is try to get to the merge and um, and yeah, people, you know, I mean, obviously doing alliances early on. So I was really focused on getting to the merge, um, and, and as strong as we possibly could. And we, and we did form a team. And unfortunately, you know, we probably bonded too much, too well. And so it took a lot of the, uh, the energy and the drama out of the shuffling. It didn't happen till really, you know, when there's only five people left. When you're watching it back and, you famously said, we didn't think there are any alliances. And we, we sort of talked a little bit about before when you were watching it. But those early episodes, when you're watching those early episodes, you're seeing Katie, you're seeing Rob, you're seeing these things that clearly you didn't know what was happening. What was your reaction to seeing things that you clearly made sense in your head now, but that at that mm. point you had no clue was going on? Yeah, well, you know, uh, watching the show was was quite interesting because I was seeing and, and seeing edits of things and, and conversations and pieces put together that didn't obviously put fit with the way I'd seen and been living the show. So it's, it's, it's another experience of being, it takes quite a long time, I think, you know, we're not talking about at least a year or so, to debrief yourself from your survivor experience. You, you, you have the pre, the build-up, then you're on the show and then depending on how long you last, um, then you come home and then there's that gap. And so you've got to deal with, so the shows, the, the intensity of the show, then you've got this gap of not knowing how it's going to be, how you're going to be seen, you know, what actually fully happened, how it's going to, and then you start watching the show. And watching the show is not actually your experience of the show. It's quite interesting because you see a large part of it, even though everybody says, oh, you're on TV tonight. But the reality is you're going to see yourself for a small piece and you're going to see all these pieces put together of different relationships, different pieces of action. The team. Now, and so really you're seeing yourself as a, a character, a character, almost a caricature of yourself in a way. You would, you know, because probably everybody's caricatured a bit. You know, you're built into the character that they want. And, and, and so then you, you start to see yourself as that caricature, you know. Uh, and that can be obviously hurtful, you know, because I've spoken to people who have had experiences with it. You know, that's not – I was probably lucky. You know, I just came out from being a bit naive and, you know, trusting and, you know, in life that's probably not that bad a thing. But, you know, other people are made to look, you know, not so – not at your best. And, you gotta, and you've got to live with that. Which I find it fascinating – 
talk about your sort of edit showing you as being a bit naive. What more was there to the Lance Brooks edit that we should have seen? Because you're right, your your whole edit basically centred around. I didn't know there was any alliances. Boom, you're out. You're blindsided. But I've got to think there was a lot more to you out there because you did get one of the more minuscule edits. You had 19 confessionals and and you finished seventh. Now, someone like David Haas, Deb, Naomi, not to take away from them, but they were in it for less time than you. They got more airtime. So there's got to be more to what you did out there that we didn't see. Um, Well, look, Possibly not in the respect that I didn't probably play the game the way you're supposed to play Survivor. And so, and it probably, if anything, I was probably, uh, my roles and things I did was more about building harmony and trying to build, you know, teamwork and things like that. And, and that doesn't necessarily fit very well with Survivor. And I, you know, to be quite honest, I, I have no problem with the way I was edited. I, I don't. And I'm not, not saying I'm just disappointed with that because really it did reflect. I, I did play the game and say there's no alliances. So, and I and I think I, I was never mistreated. I, I and I and I would never say that. I feel um, as far as what more is about it, it's just about about the relationships I built, and and that's not the TV show. So I never expected them to be on the TV show, but I I you know genuinely connected with people. Two things, though, that we did see from you, Lance. You mentioned before your yoga. You loved your daily yoga. And I also mentioned before that that lovely little Speedo, or as I now have learnt from Mr. Matt Dyson, a.k.a. Dick Togs, which I've only learnt about recently, uh, was was that a particular favourite Speedo? Did you did you get a lot of uh, love from, uh, you know, your wife from being on national television, showing off the rig in that, that Speedo constantly? Well, I, I, I was a secretary of a swimming club. Down at Dremoyne, and uh, which is in Sydney in the West, and uh, I love my swimming club, and and those cozies actually have Dremoyne written on the back of them. Ah, right. And I did that for our local community, and and so I, I, they, they got a lot of coverage in the local area, um, and I did all the merchandise for the club, so that, that's where they came from. Uh, I, I didn't normally wear them other than down at the pool deck on on, on Saturday mornings at swim club. You'll be pleased to know, Lance, that uh, throughout our recapping of our episodes, we, we've given credit to, you know, Sophie and Jane looking fabulous in their bikinis. But Ben has often mentioned that you were looking fantastic in your little, in your, in your DTs. I'm an equal opportunist. I'm an equal opportunist perv, Lance. I've got to make sure I spread the genders either side equally. Very fair and reasonable. Um, yeah, so I, I, I uh, and look, to be quite honest, I, I, one of the things I do love is snorkeling, and actually on that episode that I got kicked off on that day, it, as you said, Matt, it was a, a particularly stunning day as the sunset, and I remember it being just a really hum. I, I felt great harmony. Um, I, I, I remember sharing that um, couple of uh, uh, um, abalones that I got and uh, cooking them and, and sharing them with everybody, and um, it was uh, yeah, and, and and I just always remember that, that diving on that reef. I, I was in that water for over an hour, just you know snorkeling in there. It was it was it was beautiful, um, and uh, yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting. So, but what, what what when I said about what you see the the show, you actually see things put together in a different way. Um, and I always remember, you know, as um, in this episode. I oh, know the episode before last week. Um, I won a pizza in one of the challenges and and, and shared the pizza. Um, which was quite a natural, it felt a natural thing to do. And, then, and the following week, Jane 
uh, and, oh, this, and this particular episode we just watched, you know, won that slingshot thing and, and um, she won a two scones and a cup of tea and I had some strawberries on it, you know, and that wasn't much. And, and I think she might have eaten one of the scones. And all of the, the edit showed her just stuffing her face with the scone <laughs> and, and didn't deal with the fact that she'd actually shared. Oh, so she did. She did. And oh, she, Jane. And, and, and she got blown up on, you know, like being, you know, greedy Jane or something like that or whatever. I, I remember seeing it one stage. She said, oh, they were really unfair the way they edited that. It made it look me like I ate it all. And and she did share. She So, you know, when you when you get her on, um, yeah, she was done. She was done an injustice by the that that particular edit because it didn't didn't um, didn't do her justice. Well, Lance, in our recaps, we've actually been giving Jane credit for not sharing because I have to admit, I, I I'll admit to you right now, Lance, I was annoyed. I was annoyed that you shared the pizza. You won the pizza fair and square. Just eat the pizza and. <laughs> But in the end, you share it, and Craig ends up with two pieces because, of course, Shona, she puts one in his bag. So the guy that you're trying to get out ends up with the most food from your challenge. Look, I mean, it probably epitomised my game. (laughs) (laughs) A little note. As I said, if I was fortunate enough to have another crack, I would would do it um, a little easier. I would do it differently. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. I, I think it sums up, you know, the character that that they knew they would get with you. They knew that they were going to get a guy that, that wasn't going to lie. They knew that there was a guy that was going to share the pizza if he won it. But you mentioned earlier about, you know, playing a game to get yourself to merge. And, of course, you did that. And you get to merge and you've got three Kadena members left. You've got Karen, Naomi and Craig. You get a new campsite. Uh, you get a new tribe name, Aurora. Unfortunately, you don't get any new buffs. You've still got your old Tapara buff. Um, but tell us about that period of the game when you've got now living with these three Kadena members. Yeah, look, it was it was really interesting. Um, you know, you had a what we had a seven three fit. I mean, which is which is you know when you think it's crazy. So um, it would have been. Uh, you know, sure, a couple of people could have you know gone and tried to approach them and and get some solidarity. But if two went across and picked them up, that's you leaving the minority. So it didn't make sense in a way to merge at that time. But but Craig, to his credit, um, you know, he works really hard. He worked really hard to win the, the the challenges, which he did two of the first two, and then he did really hard to, to convince Joel and myself. And probably if he didn't have such a stubborn person as myself. Um, uh, but possibly he, he he might have had success because I mean look the most obvious thing for for you know if I and I look I it's not as if I wasn't aware of the fact the, the 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 clearest thing for me would have been to have, with Joel I was very close with Joel and Sophie was very good close with Jane with the four of us could have Jane and I Sophie and I could have got together and we would have had a, a had a majority. Um, but that wasn't the way. Sophie had already made a plan with. Well, Rob, look, see, Rob really had worked everybody out. He ta- he knew Shona was his person. He promised Katie. He promised Sophie. He didn't really worry about Jane because he knew Jane would go with Sophie, and um, and he he got me not as a being an alliance, but sticking to a 
the idea that we, we're all playing in our best man and not having alliances. And I trusted him and he knew Joel was, you know, with, with, with and I were close. So he, he had it all mapped out. He, 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 he did do, uh, um, you know, I think he did, he did a great job of looking at each person, understanding what their trigger was and he picked them all, you know, and um, um, I, I, I don't know. Did anybody vote for Shona? Did Shona get one vote? Shona got two votes. Uh, Katie, Katie, Katie and Craig voted for Shona. Katie, Shona yeah. And Shona had good relationships with both Katie and Craig. Uh, well, Katie probably, yeah, I suppose she just didn't want to vote for Rob because of you know the way he sort of he'd outmaneuvered her. Basically, we, it's yeah. interesting. It's it's so easy to look back on your season with modern Survivor eyes and say, well, in hindsight you were silly to not believe Craig because in modern Survivor, Rob would be targeted, Rob would be called out and there would be a switch and you would be forming with Craig and you'd realise Rob's a threat and you take him out. But this is classic Survivor. It's very early, so it's a, it's a different game. And it is so fascinating watching those episodes with Craig coming to you and sort of, you know, you're going to be sitting on the couch watching this, you're going to be regretting this and all this kind of stuff. But even had... You believed him, even had you switched and and maybe sided, gotten Sophie on board, Jane, Joel, taken out those those three. It's still a risky manoeuvre because if you all of a sudden side with three very tight Kadena members who have been through hell to get there, they are. I would argue those three Kadena members are probably going to be tighter than any Tapara members because they've been through more, so they're going to stick together a lot longer. For your end game, it, it's not necessarily going to be an improvement. I mean, again, it's all easy to say this in hindsight now, but just looking at this from a modern perspective, you're kind of six and one, half dozen or the other. You kind of, no matter where you go, you, you're sort of not in a, a brilliant position either way. Yeah, I'll look, the, the, the time to make a move was probably, you know, n- not necessarily with Craig because the numbers were too heavily stacked. I mean, seven, three... Um, it, you know, it, I think the numbers were just too bad. But it was obviously to make it when it got to seven, um, work out the numbers in if, if there was a deal to be made or, or a time to wait. Early on in the merge, there was a reward challenge um, that Naomi actually wins and she takes Craig on that overnight stay um, to Micara Station. Yeah. Mm. Um, you, you mentioned that basically you had a very good relationship with all the members of, of Tapara. If you would have won that challenge, I'd love to know, who do you reckon, put put yourself back huh. to that period yeah. of the game, who would you have taken on that overnight stay? There was nine people left then, was there, or it was a ten? Yeah, Ka- Karen had gone, so Karen. the only two, um, Craig and Naomi were the only two um, ex-Kadena members. Look, I, I have a feeling I would have either taken, most likely Joel, I would think, uh, I don't think I would have taken, Craig, you know, like either Craig. I mean, it, w- it would have been probably, possibly a good move, but they were still outnumbered. Every, no matter what, Craig was going to get voted out eventually because, yeah, everybody just knew he was too. He was, he was, he was very strong. So possibly Joel or um, um, maybe Sophie. I would have thought, you know, they were the two people that I, I spent. A, a, you know, I enjoyed their company, but most likely probably I would have thought Joel probably. Just. Yeah. On relationships, kind of tying into your time on Tapara that obviously blended into the merge, two people I'd love to get some thoughts on and some opinions on. You're mentioning a lot about your relationship with Joel. First point I'll ask, what was what was it about 
Joel that kind of drew you to him in in the the close bond that you guys had out there? Uh, look, I don't know. I mean, I I, I mentioned Outward Bound before, and and when I did Outward Bound, you know, I was I was the oldest person in the in the in the in the in the group doing Outward Bound. You know, I was late thirties, and most people in their twenties. And there's a young guy called Pat. I'm still friends with him, and uh, he's a bit of a wild guy, and and. You know, and his father said to me, you know, I met, I met him at the at the station and he said, oh, God, he's, he's in so much trouble. This is the last straw, you know, I'm going to think might, see if this, this works for him, you know. And I, and I sort of took a shine at Pat and he's a, he's a great character. You know, I think he'd been booted out of, oh, I can't tell him any schools and things like that. But he, he, he just always was a little bit of trouble, but a great bloke. And, uh, and, and he wanted to leave from about day three and he wanted to smoke and he was a bit overweight. But we became really good friends and I really enjoyed that dynamic of uh you know the younger and the older and maybe a little bit of a mentor in some ways and uh but also enjoyed the the youthfulness of a different perspective you know and uh, and that was that was that was great and and, and funny enough joel you know he wasn't the youngest per well he would have been the youngest uh, male in our jane was younger but i think he was the youngest male in our group but uh, and i just sort of i think i sort of developed a similar sort of relationship uh in in a way you know, enjoy his company, listen to him. He's very entertaining. Uh, he was into all sorts of different things. He was a, like a, you know, I think Anthony Robbins was his hero at that start, time and he was in NLP and, you know, and he was a fascinating guy uh, and he's a fascinating guy. And um, so we we uh, we chatted and, and just, yeah, just built a natural rapport. You know, he went to a school where all my, my cousins went to and, um, yeah, enjoyed his company and, um um, so yeah, that was that was with Joel, and then Sophie. I think we just we had that combination of you know of, of both being you know parents in their thirties with kids, um, you know, and uh, both in Sydney. Uh, she loved the outdoors, and I think you know we just had lots of natural, easy conversations. I, I think that's probably what it was, just that 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 you know connecting with people, um, you know, and um, yeah. Well, the other, the other one that I'd love to get a bit of thoughts on too because she had a very similar edit to you in the fact that I think it was very one-sided. And this is Jane, or as we started referring to her apparently in the last week or so, Queen Jane. Uh, I mean, her edit was all about her kind of sucking. She kind of just sucked at everything. But, I mean, what what was there more to Jane? Like, what was there to Jane that maybe we, we again, didn't get to see? Obviously, 18 years old, very young playing the game. But, uh, I mean, what was your relationship like with Jane and what was your take on her? I, I like Jane a lot. She was a young person, 18. Of course, she, you're young. I mean, you know, I'm 39. She's 18. Uh, but that didn't matter. I, I really enjoyed her company. And, I, you know, I, um, I, I think I really respected the way she hung in there. And I think it comes out a little bit in the uh, one of the – maybe the episode she gets kicked off because uh, I, I sort of <laughs> listened to that today as well. Um, she was a young person that had a, a lot of um, – she was sort of naturally charming, but she also was had a, an underlying strength to her. And only when you get to know – you know, I know there's some comments here with Shona sort of makes a bit of a few sort of comments about her, uh, but which I think were very unfair. And once again, I think that editing of Jane was really unfair. I thought she was – she hung in there. She didn't flag. You know, if we were walking off to get water and I could see people, she still had the energy to keep going, even though there's a scene where she sits down and doesn't go get water. Um, I, I think I she was edited. 
<laughs> I, yeah, but I think you did it harshly. Um, you know, I, I uh, yeah, but, but, you know, would she win a ch- physical challenge against everybody? Yeah, no. But, uh, but, but yeah, there's a lot more to Jane uh, than, than it would be, well, there was. It shows a long time ago now. <laughs> The, the editors of these reality shows, they have a knack. They, they, they don't show the 200 times that you've walked down and collected water. They'll just show the one time that you can't. Yeah. yeah. And it's – look, I, Look, it was an interesting um, talking to the producers and getting friendly with the producers and and, uh, and understanding how they produce the show. So the night you, – you would know this, but, you know, I thought it was fascinating the first time I heard it. I didn't, I didn't – I knew you were subject to, to the, the control of the, the show and the edit, but the team sit down the night before – and they work out what their storyline, their possible storylines, and they got whiteboards up and they work them out. And what do we need to put for this, this, and you know, let's make a bit of a relationship here between these two. And um, and I remember, and I thought, oh, gee, I didn't know it was quite that way. And and, and so when the, the structure of the the show is each day, you're told you'll have an hour, an interview for about half an hour. So everybody's interviewed for that half an hour, and of course, and they take that person off. And, of course, when they interview you, they're only looking for a 15-second, 10-second piece to go with the, the tree they've written the night before. And and that's how they can control the storyline where it doesn't reflect exactly how your living experience was. Um, and it's very controlling. And now uh, having, having um, uh, you know, been watching Survivor for so long, you, you can see how uh, the storylines, the characters... Uh, are developed in that manner. And it's it's a thing with your season. We've talked a lot about the editing. And again, very early days, as we keep mentioning. But I think they clearly, as you said, had story for Jane. They had a story for you. I mean, there were, there were definitely some players on your season where I think they struggled to tell a complete narrative of your season. Sophie comes to mind. I mean, Sophie kind of was a bit all over the shop with her edit. She got a couple of great episodes, but then kind of just wasn't shown a lot. Naomi, similar. You know, again, you've got certain things from them, but we're not getting a whole lot from. So this is where it's great to kind of hear the other side of someone like Jane, because I know from my experience of interviewing US contestants over the years, some of the, the best stories and best characters are out there are these players who get a, a shit edit. They're, they're very one-sided, and there's so much more to them. And Jane Jane is someone that, yeah, we've had a bit of fun going along with the what we're seeing and saying she's a bit shit, but in all seriousness, there's, there's been a few little perlers from from Jane, and we declared a Queen Jane last week, and, uh, you know, we're, we're glad to hear that, that, that she's... There's more to her on her royal ascendancy to the throne. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, she beat me, so I have to I have, I have to bow to her. You had a nice little moment there where you all got to get that phone call from home. Oh, and yeah. um, tell us about that. What was it like at that stage getting getting the phone call and of course Jack doesn't know who you are. Yeah, does Jack know who you are now, Lance? Has he has he figured out that you're his father? What is still the same is Jack's a smartass. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's a funny. He's always he, he's always been funny. So yeah, I don't think too many uh, those edits on Survivor have got somebody saying, "Oh, Dad, I forgot you." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, look, you know what? I, I watch it all the time, and I see people break down over that that particular scene. And yeah, Joel particularly uh, breaks down over the next one when he gets the, the thing. But um, look, I, I, uh, you know, I suppose I'd also been a, you know, we've been married at that stage. Angie and I had been married. Um, so while we're forty, 
uh, been 15 years married. And we'd spent, you know, I'd been, as I said, I've been away before, Angela's been away for work. So we'd actually spent time apart from each other at different times, but up to, you know, a couple, you know, after a month, we probably had that, that a few times. So it wasn't as traumatic an experience to me. Um, um, yeah, so but I enjoyed it, and, it, and it was fun hearing hearing Jack, and it was it was good. Jack got his voice on TV because you know he he he, uh, he, 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 he like he's working in, in in film and even today, you know. So he's uh, uh, he's a bit of a character. So that, that was funny actually seeing that again. I, I'd like to be quiet. I've forgotten. <laughs> it wasn't until Jack actually showed it me just a little while ago. I uh, did a little thing and uh, put it together and. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Well, one thing one thing I find interesting, Lance, I believe, uh, I mean, it might still be the case, I don't know if you had any more afterwards, but at least at the time I believe you had three children. Now, Jack got his voice on TV. You mentioned in that challenge that Naomi won, you had to tell the truth or lie. You mentioned the proudest moment of your life was when your daughter Michelle was born. So there's obviously a third child that never got a mention on that season. Uh, is, is it 18 years later, do you want to give a shout-out to the forgotten third child of Lance Brooks? <laughs> Do not say anything because David always feels he gets the raw prawn. So, so. <laughs> come on, if, give if, David if, some love, poor David. I, I, I am not. He's in the room next, but back here. I'm not. Thank God he's asleep. Because um, um, I, uh, yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah. I had no idea about that. <laughs> wow, wow. Here we go. I, I, I've discovered something here. Did the answer come up as true? <laughs> it was that was that was very true that you said you were one of the only ones I think that had a true answer. But um, gosh, da- David, right now, uh, maybe maybe he can. This is the thing. Channel Ten, get him on Survivor, and his whole arc can be like, I was the forgotten child of a former Australian Survivor contestant. I need my Jew. I need to be loved. <laughs> he, he, you know, he'd be the right sort of character to go on it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Now, Back into the the game before your vote out, you obviously ended up getting a few votes, and we and we see kind of that was a ploy of Katie to sort of you know make sure you're the one getting the votes. Clearly, you had no idea that was what happening. But when you start getting your your name read out, what is what is that feeling all of a sudden to go? Well, hang on a minute, why are they targeting me? Um, uh, well. It was hard. Like I, 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 you know, obviously, I, I didn't think I was going home. I didn't think I was super, you know, not not exposed. But I just didn't think I was going home that time. Um, and when the first one comes up, it's a, it's a bit of a sinking because look, I, not one hundred percent sure. It might have been the first boat I had. I'm not sure. I don't know if I had any. Do you know if I had any? You didn't. Before? You didn't have any. You the the night Jeff went home, it was Jeff and Jane had the vote. So when when sort of Karen and Naomi dropped those votes and you, they they were your first. Yeah, and um, like I, I um, like the first time you you know like well on the night I got kicked off with those votes. Yeah, the first one comes up and you go, oh shit now and the second one and then and then I then I thought oh well yeah it looks like I'm a good chance to go and then of course you know I think I got four they read out four votes and um, and there was two two for uh, Jane. That's right. Yeah, which probably was Joel and my vote voted for Jane, and then everybody else voted against me. So, um, and, you know, and looking at the show, of course, I suppose you know, hadn't have Joel hadn't have won that challenge, most likely Joel would have gone, and then I would have had an inkling that there was something up. Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because you were voted out at a very unique spot. It was just after all the Kadena members had finally all been voted out. 
So you're only left with Tapara members. Um, where did you see the game going at that point? Obviously, you didn't think it was going to be you that night. You assumed, I'm assuming you thought it was going to be Jane. But mm. where did you picture at that point that the game was going and, and sort of what order? Well, see, this is the, the yeah, and, you know, it, it is the naive part of my game, which is sort of, um, you know, I suppose I was still thinking we were sticking to this we'd vote the weakest person off. Um, so um, not necessarily the weakest, but it was a combination of what, you know, you did and things like that. And I thought, oh, it'll be Jane next, and I wonder. And then I, I did know that Joel was like likely to be in danger because, you know, people uh, – he, he, he was sort of annoying people a little bit at the time. Um, uh, but, I, like, I enjoyed that part of his character. But anyway, so, but, um, so look, I, I thought I was probably safe for a little bit longer still. Um, and I – actually, I didn't vote for Jane. I voted for Shona. Um, yeah, well, I was, I was going to just quickly add that. that you, you did yeah, vote for Shona. Right. And you said in that vote that you, you – how you admired her integrity. Do, do you mean – do you remember why you ended up voting for, for Shona yeah, that night? Yeah. Said there's no there's no necessarily no justice or something in the in the vote, and well, it's because I started to admire Jane so much. I, I would have had it have been a couple of votes before, probably voted uh, Jane first, and then I sort of admired the way she was sticking at it, and also um, I probably didn't, you know, I, I, I appreciated what what she was doing as a young person, I suppose, and you know I've always sort of. I uh, liked and enjoyed working with younger people, and uh, so yeah, that's how that's how I voted. You know, it's um, um, yeah, and, and I didn't I didn't talk to anybody. Nobody knew who I was voting for. Um, um, who, did, who did Joel vote for that time? Joel voted for Jane. Jane, yeah, yeah. So see, see Joel and I didn't even talk to each other. So wow. even though we got on well, we had this sort of yeah. So isn't that how crazy that is? You know. So here's two people who get on well who aren't because we were both playing it by this idea that we weren't going to um, have alliances. If if had if Joel had spoke to you about it, like would you have been a little bit turned off and say, hey, hey, that's not how we're playing the game? Or would uh, it, like to be honest, probably, because that's how I basically dealt with Craig. Um, you know, I basically said, Craig, look, we've you know, while it does it while, you know, it's edited me saying there's no alliances in the background, I was just saying, Greg, look, Craig, we've had this agreement the whole long we're voting you know, we, we're keeping our tribe strongest, you know, so obviously we're, we're you know, going to vote you guys out and then we're going to go the strongest, you know, we've just sort of, you know, there's an idea that we'll just vote off without, you know, dealing with people and making an alliances. You know, we'll deal who, who we think we vote that out. So, um, yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, that's a, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because so Joel and I didn't even vote the same way. So probably Shona's only vote in the show might have been... I don't know. What about later on? I just can't remember. Did, did Shona get any votes later? Uh, she did not. That You're right. That is the only vote she had against her in the game. Uh, I mean, Rob obviously had more votes against him. So, yeah, your your vote. I mean, it had Shona won. And let's let's play the, 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 the dream scenario for Shona fans. If Shona wins unanimously, uh, you know, the so-called perfect game comes down to, you know, going through without getting any votes against you. And, uh, you know, you could have been the one that had that one vote against Shona to cost her a perfect game. Well, she was close. <laughs> Well, closer than you. Yeah, not really. I mean, the vote on the, <laughs> the, way, but the last, the last, the last vote. It could have gone her way. 
Well, the, the thing, though, that we, we sort of talked about last week, though, Lance, I mean, you kind of did create history in some ways in Australian Survivor because you were the first blindside in Australian Survivor history. So, weird thing to, I guess, uh, look back on and think, hey, that, that was what my legacy is of Australian Survivor. But how... You, you mentioned before about sort of how you, like, you kind of broke down eventually when you got back to the hotel, but... You, you were very, you're the nicest guy in the world. We've said that. You, you were very complimentary in your final words. But was there hurt? Was there anger when that torch was snuffed to realise that you were like, what the hell just happened? Why have I been voted out? Well, as I, 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 yeah, I was, in relation to that question, the answer about anger is no. I was honestly, I, I was, um, I, was sh- I was sort of shocked and I was hurt. But my feeling was, oh, my God, I wasn't con- contributing or I was the weakest, or I'd hurt somebody's feelings, or something like that. I didn't know. I was still at that moment. And you know, as I said, it didn't dawn until probably, certainly not at the next vote when Jane went, it was probably almost a week, six days later, that it started to dawn on me, oh, wait a minute, there's actually an alliance here that, that was the reason I went. And it wasn't, it, was un, it wasn't only then, yeah. You but, must have been wondering then, like, as you are seeing Joel getting further, thinking... Hey, did you start questioning and hang on, maybe Joel was in an alliance and was lying to you? No, I didn't because what actually happened, because we, and what's interesting about these tribal councils, they're very short. There's not the long tribal council that we have today and where, you know, Jonathan has 15 minutes to sort of, you know, to grill. While While that particular, we only saw probably four to five minute tribal councils, they still went for a long time. And in body language and uh, being present while those questions are being answered and asked, you, I got a distinct feeling that Joel was – was. and look, also what you don't see is you only see what's edited. There's, there's eyes looking at each other. You know, there's expressions. You're not supposed to do expressions. So, you know, he could have been tricking me at the time, but I think it was um, – I, I feel he, he – he, um, well, I also realised he didn't vote for me either um, because um, just the way the votes went. So, no, I, I didn't think Joel had done the dirty on me at all. I just think that he was he was going along with me and he, he managed to scramble and save himself, which I would have been quite open to scrambling had I had that. Well, I did have a chance because Craig gave us that chance. But, um, uh, yeah, had, had it have been shown quite clearly that there was an alliance because I think – I suppose it actually becomes most obvious after Jane gets voted out and they have that tie at 6-6. I think that's when, you know, then obviously. I think I think the week before, I think it, it was just Jane was getting voted out and I think, don't think Sophie voted for her. What mm. was your take on Joel's deal that he made with, with Robin and Shona and the agreement that he would step down at the, the final three? And And is that something that you would have ever thought about had that, had Rob come to you with a deal such as that? Had you been in Joel's position? Um, two, part, two parts of that decision. One, it was a brilliant strategy. Two, the second part is he didn't, he didn't need to actually go do it when he got to third. It was a brilliant – it was a great save. He saved himself to, the, to that final. But he had no if, – if he had a – you know, any – he, he didn't. He didn't. He, he'd done the great. He'd done the great work. He, he didn't need to honour the agreement, but Joel had been, and it makes him look a bit foolish. I know, and, and yeah, you know, I don't think the edits really kind to him either. But 
Um, it makes him look like he was completely manipulated in it. I think the reality is Joel just wanted to get to the last the last night and be still in the show, and that was a really big thing for him um, to be there on day you know on day 38, 39, He wanted to be there, um, and so um, I, I think it was a, gr- a brilliant move. He he just unfortunately got a bit wound up in it <laughs> and didn't pull it off perfectly at the end, which. It's interesting you say that because I'll kind of break the magic of podcasting here and say that Matt and I have recorded our recap of the next episode already. So people are going to hear us talking about it next week, thinking that we're ignoring anything that you just said right now. But it's, 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 I love that you pointed that out because you're right. And I feel bad that Matt and I did not talk about this in the recap. It is smart on Joel's behalf and strategy to get to the end. And okay, he doesn't ultimately renege on that and kind of strategically in modern survivor you would you would go well screw that i just said that to get to the end i'm gonna try and win this now but it is like it's it's incredibly smart because he was gone he was absolutely gone so he's doing what he can to get to the end and as far as did and he pulled it off so yeah props to joel there yeah look i mean because it's an interesting time he was um you know he was he was going to go instead of jane um and then it actually, and, and I think genuinely, I don't think Rob and Shona had intended doing that. I think it was only happened because of Joel and Joel and his scramble. And his, he was playing hard. And I know because I know his goal was to be there at the end, you know, and he played really hard and he wanted to do everything he could to do that. And so, and, you know, he wasn't as focused on, on doing the, the final thing, but he was focused on keeping what he would say is integrity. And um, uh, and Rob had that as an angle, and Rob was able to use that. And full credit to Rob, too, for being able to do that. Uh, so, yeah, because it would be interesting had, had, had Jane, had Joel been voted out, um, it left Rob and Shona a little bit exposed if Sophie, Katie... And, and Jane went together, um, so um, it was in, it was in, it was in, it was an interesting yeah. But I, but I thought it was I thought it was a great player. I just I just yeah. Always wish he he he, he would have it would have been a masterstroke. People would have edited him very differently had he had he have, had he have turned on them at the end. Do, do you think you would have agreed to such a deal? And do you think you would have turned on the deal at the end? Um. Well. Yes, in the oh, sorry, I may not have. Uh, I can't say I would have been as clever to, to actually think about that. But if I if I did come up with the idea, I would have no trouble on in 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 doing the dirty on them in the end because that already done the dirty. So you know, he, it was part of it. It had already been the broken of that sort of scenario. So it was it was an it was open it was an open card game. You you mentioned that. Joel really wanted to get to the end, you know, that, that last night. Mm. You, of course, go out on day 30. What Were you disappointed you didn't get those last nine days? Yes, I was. It was, to me, um, you know, uh, it was my 40 days in the desert, you know, and I and, – and Rob makes a bit of a joke and says, you know, Lawrence of Arabia and things like that, but – but I, I, yeah. I love that line. I did love that line. I made a comment on our recap. It was a great line. It was Lance of Arabia. But, yeah. um, but, and yeah, like, yeah, you couldn't help but like Rob. Rob was a charming guy, you know, he, he really was. But anyway, go ahead. So, 
um, was day, you know, probably two days before. It might have only been the day before. I remember talking to one of the producers and said, look, could could you ask the, the executive producer was Stephen Peters, could, could I um, – I just would really like if I get kicked off this show, I really want to just spend the last nine days in a you know, tent. You can just put me in a tiny little spot. I won't have to walk around anywhere, just anywhere so I can just stay out here and experience it, you know. Um, I'd sort of zoned out into this sort of, you know, really – well, to me it was a really spiritual time, I've got to say. I mean, I felt like I was, you know, as living as basic as you could live, uh, as it was, you know, and, and, and I really wanted to and, – and, and Stephen, to his credit – uh, considered it, and then he came on. He actually came on the site, the set, and they, you know, because we do these interviews, and he said, "Oh," and they took me off and had a little chat to him, and he said, "Look, listen to what you said, and um, understand why you might want to do it, but we just can't do it." And he gave me a few reasons about what they have to do to set up the the tribal council. So um, it was a little, it was a little sad because I, you know, I really wanted to do that. Um, um, it was to me. It was. It was more. That was the, the completion about going the whole distance. I was never really overly focused on the five hundred thousand. Look, having said that, I, I, I am. I know it doesn't come across, but I am. A, I actually am a competitive person. I, I, I love pushing myself. Um, and uh, but it, it was a blurred line. It's it's just what's so wonderful about Survivor. This 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 com- the idea of competition, survival. You know what? How far do you go? How far? Where are your morals, or is it just a complete game? You know, and then people trust each other. And, you know, like you saw in some of the shots there on, you know, in this episode, you know, we laid so close to each other. It was so freezing in the night. You'd actually juice sardines and you'd be you'd be spooning up against each other, you know, and, and if you were on the wings one night, well, then you get to go the next night, you go to the middle and then the, and then you'd move out one night, one night, and then you'd come back in. You know, you, you shared so much. There was so much sharing and, and and those conversations and, and that's what's so special about this show and that's why people get so hurt and so devastated that when they get blindsided and they can't help but angry be angry um it's uh like it, and it, and it's just a marvelous experience to, to, to live you know i don't know how many how many survivors have there been around the world a couple of thousand has there been that many people have done it or not oh, easily easily i mean there's been at least between 50 and 100 international versions at some point. So, yeah, thousands upon thousands have played, which is interesting. Well, one thing you mentioned, you mentioned sort of the spiritual journey. Now, your final question, your jury question that you asked Shona and Rob, you you mentioned about, uh, you asked what was the single most positive thing that you learnt from yourself. And and Rob answered uh, that he kind of got a lot in touch with his faith, uh, that sort of, you know, that was coming from you. You're obviously, you know, faith is very important to you, Lance. I mean, how how much out there were you portraying that side of you? Because we never saw that in the edit, but clearly it was out there because Rob's answering that from you. I mean, was that something that you you had a lot going out there and were you surprised that we didn't kind of see that side of you on the edit a little bit more? Uh, I, I, I'm glad it wasn't on the edit, <laughs> for sure. Um, uh, look, is it a big part in my life? Yes. Um uh, we yeah, let's, Rob and I discussed everything. Like we we you know we, we, it was a it was a really uh, you know great experience great experience. And we did talk about religion. We talked pretty much would have talked about every subject. Um, and you know I, I do do believe in a, in a in a philosophy. You know, like I believe in the spiritual side of life. You know, that was it, this was an intense physical experience. It was an intense emotional experience. It was an intense human relation experience. Like really intense. You know, to do that. 
And then if you wanted it to be, it could also be a spiritual experience. And that, and that's and that's wouldn't I, I don't and I'm not saying it's just because of me. I so say if you wanted to be, I mean, when you can take your luxury items. Once again, I'm a dag. <laughs> My kids hate me. Um, you know, I took a Bible. You know, <laughs> Rob's got his journal, and you know, oh, I forgot what everywhere else. Somebody took a razor, but you know, that's what I took. You know, and uh, and, and and so I'm sort of glad it wasn't made anything of because I'm not really into that. But when you talk. I, I do like I like being with people. I like you know that's the depth of connection with people. You know, and and I think that's one of the richness of life. Which I think uh, the American version would would probably have really um, showcased that. I mean, we saw that on Borneo with Dirk uh, very early boot on that season. I mean, his whole edit was kind of based around his religion and i mean i would find it a very interesting thing that you go out there with those beliefs that that, that's the side of you that they try to showcase you because i I don't know if that's their way of trying to box you into something because of your beliefs or because i mean i can imagine it's it's something that you know while it's to you it's not a bad thing you might feel like they're trying to portray this as oh this is all this guy's about is religion and there's clearly more to you than just your beliefs Mm. Yeah, well, I'm all, I was probably also a little bit wary. That, you know, you can, you've got a bit of an idea when you have your own quiet time. Like the cameras aren't there all the time. Um, so, And I, I don't like making a big thing of it. Um, you know, we're just talking about it now. But so I, I probably just do it most of the time one-on-one. You know, I'm not a – certainly didn't pray on Survivor. <laughs> I didn't, you know. Um, you did your yoga and you, you're out there in your Speedos. That was yeah. enough. Yeah, well, doing yoga. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, in the end, you vote for Rob uh, to, to to win the game. Any was that always going to be the case? Did you always know you were voting for Rob, or was that a decision you came up with on the night? I, I think if Katie had got there, I would have been a really good chance to vote for Katie. Um, I Katie's a person who who also got you know. I keep saying didn't get a good edit. Um, I don't mean that for every all the time. I, I enjoyed the show, but Katie, unbelievable competitor, and, and also I, I spoke heaps with Katie, and I really enjoyed her company. And uh, we caught out a couple, couple of times after we the show. It's a shame I, I I would value. She she's a strong person, and and a really uh, she's funny, got a very dry sense of humour. But um, I I really enjoyed time with her. Um, and I think had she got to the fight, had she been in the final with Rob, I would, I would pick, I would have picked Katie over Rob. Uh, You've answered one of our questions. You've answered one of our questions that we're that's two to one that Katie's winning at the moment. If that was Rob versus Katie, by the way, everyone. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, she, um, but she didn't get there, so she didn't play the right moves at the right time. You know, so it was obviously wasn't it, you know a thing to be able to do. We always we always ask a. A few what if questions. If just say if Rob didn't get to the end, and you know if it would have been Shona and Katie or or Shona and Joel. But I, I just get the feeling with you, Lance, that at the end of the day, I just and I, and correct me if I'm wrong. I just don't feel Shona was ever going to get your vote. Um, that's pro. But look, um, that's probably true, and that's probably why I, I voted Shona out when I voted Shona out. Oh, sorry. I didn't vote her out. We <laughs> tried to. <laughs> one sole vote. And, you know, <laughs> I was going to say, you, you, you need more than one vote, Lance. Yes. yes. Alliances I, generally uh, are formed, maybe, if you've heard of them, not sure. 
<laughs> I corrected myself. Um, and, and um, yeah, so that was um, – uh, look, two things. I mean, tonight I was pro- probably the only person to place the vote on Shona, which is we've, probably we've agreed. And the other thing was, um, yeah, I, I – uh, yeah, prob- you're probably right, Matt. I, I, I probably, um, if it any, probably anybody there else in there, I probably would have. Uh... Sorry, Shona. She well, might not gonna... want to... <laughs> You've cost us our interview with Shona now. Thank, thanks, Lance. Well, I mean, the other, the other what if ones are the two ones that we've kind of asked all our jury members so far. Well, both of them is we've asked the Rob Katie scenario and then the Joel Shona. So Joel v Shona at the end, you would have voted for Joel. There we go. He's got his first vote. There we are. Right. So just the current tally for those playing at home. So if it was a Katie v. Rob final two, Katie currently leading 2-1. And if it was a Joel Shona, Shona would have two, Joel would have one. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have picked Joel over Rob too. Because to, to, for that, Joel would have had to have put, pulled off the fantastic blindside. Well, when I say blindside, he would have had to have tricked, reneged on both Shona and Rob to have beaten one of them. Uh, to get to the final against them, so I, I thought that was a it was a great opportunity for him. You know, unfortunately, you know he he, he didn't take that. So, how yeah. about Katie v Joel? I would have gone Katie. There we go. I'm, I'm loving this Katie love. I'm loving the fact that she would have gotten these votes at the uh, end. So, yeah. I, I, well, interesting. I suppose you haven't you only asked a few people, but but um. Um, I think everybody would have had a deep respect for, you know, Shona would have a deep respect for Katie too, I, I have no doubt. Um, yeah. Once the filming was all over and, and you go back home, you've, you've got to wait those few months before it starts airing on TV. What was that hype like for you? All of a sudden, you, you're on this this biggest production in the history of Channel 9, Survivor. It was the hottest game in the world at that stage. You're now... It's it's out there. You're now on ads on TV. You, you you're being shown on a you know on a Wednesday night. I think it was. Um, what was that p- period of the game like for you? Um, look, it's really interesting. So I, I, look, I just forgot the dates. I think we came back early December, right? And 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 um, uh, the first thing is I, I sorry I did say to you that the that the first thing was the uh, before was during the Boxing Day cricket test. Uh, and the ad came up, and my face is up there. Actually, what happened is um, Lay's or the Chips had a had the Survivor little cards, and um, um, somebody just rang me up and said, "Oh my God, I just got this." You know, you know, <laughs> there you go. So um, look, it was it was look. Obviously, at that stage, you know you haven't won, right? So you, 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 it's not like there's going to be a big surprise at the end, um, and. So I suppose it was just a wait, a waiting thing, you know, and I wasn't quite sure about the fame thing. And then, of course, what happens is you get started getting entertained by, you know, the talent people come and start talking to you. I remember being taken out in the harbour and in yacht, and in yacht, well, not yachts, but a yacht that day and, you know, and signed up and you just sign your life away and say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's good, you know, and, the, you know, and they interview you and say, what all these things you can do. And, and so there's a little bit of hype about that, you know, what would you like to do? Do you want to be on, you know, you know Women's Weekly or do you want to be on, a t- you know, all, all this sort of stuff? And then, you know, none of that sort of, not that I was sort of worried about that, but that didn't really ever happen. Well, speaking of Lay's. Uh, Lance, of course, in the merge, you get your lovely little uh, bag of Lay's. And I believe you were fascinated by the new flavour, sour cream and onion. You, you seem to love that. Now, 
clear this up for us. Was was this clearly you absolutely like, wow, new flavour? Or was there a producer on the side going, can one of you please mention that this is a new flavour? They really need to get this out for Lay's. Well, no, that's an interesting thing. One thing you wouldn't know, I, I'm a, what I call a chipaholic. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had to go through stages where I have to have a chip, a bag of chips a day. And I've been a chip lover for so long. So, And I can make a pack of chips go st- last forever. I just nibble them away. And <laughs> so the reality is, um, and I, we were starving, so no, nobody prompted us about saying those different things. And I, and I, I was, I, was um, I, I did love the, uh, the chips. And you, I think you'll even see there later on, um, is it Jane or so, uh, Rob? Anyway, somebody gets some, some pack of chips again later. They didn't feed us much. We didn't get much food. Um, like other what they when they feed up people, you know. So we we had very 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 little food, um, which yeah. And it's I it's it. Uh, Craig mentioned that how I think it was the Geneva Convention. Um, the the what they say is enough for you to live on or something like that, like a handful of rice, which is fascinating. But you know, we we love the sort of the moments with the product placement and everything, the solo, the lays, all kind of that fun stuff. But I think you got robbed then. Craig got a, a very good edit about how he loved his chocolate, about how he had to you know meld his chocolate, do all this. I I want the the Lance Brooks chip edit of like you know oh sour cream and onion is perfect to take over to a friend's house. You know light and tangy is when you go to somebody's house over the age of fifty five. You know, because that's just the way it is. I, I want the the Lance Brooks chip, you know, instructions for life. Oh uh, well, I, I, you probably I probably had to do a little bit better and be a bit more, you know, uh, <laughs> role model, you know, for their brand. Um, you, you, you mentioned about the the reaction, like in the lead up. But you sort of touched on before about kind of when you were voted out, you know, people coming up to you and saying that sort of stuff. How how long did that last? How long did this whole sort of ribbing come for you about this alliance thing? And I, I can imagine that, like, radio DJs had a field day the next day with every single bloody interview you would have had on, like, Kyle and Jackie O and all those kind of things. Yeah, it was um, – look, it was just, you know, it was just the, the thing you laugh along with. And, that, I mean, I, I'd had time. I had a good – well, probably three months to, to to prepare for that. Maybe more than that, actually. By the time I was on there, um, so uh, was it was it on around this time? Like what time? Because the show finished around what is February March? Are you about going May. in long? Finished about in May. With the the way it was. Um, Sort of, yeah. I mean, we're, we're kind of sort of, I mean, it's actually funnily enough working out about that time at the moment. And at least at the time of recording this, I posted that I think three days ago to date when we're recording this was 18 years since the finale aired. So, yeah, it sort of, it, it finished up in, in the beginning of May in 2002. Yeah, so I suppose I was on um, in April 30 days, so it was probably episode 10. So it was two and a half months. Yeah, so it, it was probably in April when I was on. So... Up until then, of course, nobody knew I was getting kicked off. I didn't tell anybody, um, and, and so um, um, so it really only starts after when you get kicked off. You know, all your friends, your family—they're all let down. They want you to win. You know, well, they say they want you to win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> I could misjudge people sometimes, and, and um, so uh, yeah. So so it was it was. Like I, I, funny enough, I, I've never, never, it's never worried me laughing at myself. I mean, I think that's a, it's a good thing to do. So you know, pretty much you just joke along with it. You know, and, and uh, it was obviously a bit ludicrous because you know, here's this guy, you know, in the lead up in the, in the show, there's no alliances. <laughs> there's the people talking about getting rid of him. Yeah, Craig and Katie ended up 
in, in a magazine for like the sexiest um, reality stars of 2002. Um, you never got the call up to get back into your, your DTs and do some <laughs> modeling? I could stand, I, I would be able to stand beside Craig. Uh, uh, you know, fine young man that he, he, he was then, I suppose he's a bit older now, he's 20 years older. Um, uh, look, you know, I, 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 I love Craig. I mean, I, you know, I know it's a shame that I, I, I didn't listen to him, but he was a great, like a really intense competitor. Uh, you know, I even just love the way he got on the t- on the show, you know. I, I don't know if any, many people have, have done what he did to get on the show. So, yeah. One thing, though, with you, Lance, it's, it's interesting in talking to the people we've spoken to because it seems sadly that a lot of you have all sort of lost touch with each other and several of you have not spoken in a very long time. But you seem to be the exception. You, you kind of are the one that I think has stayed in touch with the, the most people over the, the years. Uh, is this just something that, again, because you are the nicest guy in the world, you are going to remain in touch with these people? Is it just something about these people that you've, you know, kept in touch with? And, and I mean, out of all the people you've kept in touch with, who, who are the ones that you still talk to to this day? Well, well, you know, I, I, I probably don't – I mean, I don't know how much – maybe some people not talk to anybody. It, it's um, – look, I, I – um, um, I suppose it's just all that I talked about a little bit before about connection, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I love that in the journey of life. You know, you meet people and you come with them. And, and so um, Rob, I used to, I, I'd seen Rob a number of times. I've been over his house, um, have dinner with them, um, uh, not, a, not a lot, and he'd seen me a couple of times when he came out to Sydney and, you know, really just enjoyed it. And we, and we had no – there was no animosity. There was nothing there at all, even from the first time I saw him, as I said, when he went. Um, and then um, um, – uh, Katie, I saw a couple of times, um, not not long after. And I remember my kids all talk about having, going out to, to Chinatown with Katie and enjoying her company. Um, and then, but Joel would be the person I would have spent the most amount of time with in that time. And and um, um, yeah, Joel helped uh, a lot when we set up our, our the, the charity post post um, the show. We uh, was involved in setting up a thing called Communities for Communities, and Joel. You know, Joel had a sort of bit of a celebrity thing going along and he organised talks and guest speakers and things like that and, and he hosted and emceed a number of our events and he, um, yeah, so he was a great, and, I, you know, we just we just kept friends and we saw each other regularly and, you know, I don't see him as often now, obviously, but I, I still uh, have seen him over the years. Which I'd love to just ask a quick question about Joel because, you know, obviously with what's happened afterwards, we don't really like to dwell too much about it on the show, but as you mentioned, you have visited him. Just just a quick update from, from what you can tell us. How is how is Joel doing? Well, and yeah, as a, as a person and, and yeah, as a friend of me, and he's you know he's he's um, he's well. You know, I don't see him as much. He's he's still got he's very close with his family. He sees his mum and his sisters and brother. Uh, they're a very close family. He's got some really good friends too. Um, so you know, like he he's he's you know. Moving on with his life, he's you know he's doing what he's doing. He's you know he's I think he's um, yeah. So you know, I don't want to say too much there because that's, that's that's very much his, his his journey. But yeah, he's I'll always consider him a, a good friend and and enjoy his company. And, and the other one I'd just like to really quickly touch on, not to turn this completely you know dark and, and sad. You, you mentioned your, your relationship with Rob. I mean, did did you maintain that relationship right up until till what happened? Sadly, and and do you remember kind of? Yeah, no, unfortunately not. A um, couple of times, you know, I think we just both got really busy. Uh, I did have a job that took me to Melbourne for a while there, so that's when we'd catch up, we'd have coffee and that. 
Um, I um, and then I, I had caught up with him in Sydney. Um, so it's, it's just one of those things we just got busy. Um, and uh, so no, it was you know it was a terrible shock. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it's without saying anything, and you know, and, and Robert had a real wonderful career in in in, in film and um, in, in particularly in sport film. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was you know, it's st- still even to think about it now, you know, and just see, just see the episode, you know, and you know, seeing him carving, you know, the episode I got kicked off was Gabe's birthday, and I remember that as clear as day, you know, and and, and Rob was actually weeping in the morning. Uh, he's a really emotional guy, you know, and and and, 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 and uh, yeah, so I'll never forget that. And and he was, yeah, it was it was a really moving thing. All, all, me having three kids and that, but uh, who were who were young, but you know, Rob having, you know, Gabe and how much it meant to him, and you know, Dusty and you know, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I still always remember that. And he had, did that carving. And in fact, Rob, yeah, you know, Rob actually um, went out to Whaler's Way. Um, not too long after he finished the show, just to really debrief and sort of, you know, get a, get a whole lot of out because he did take, you know, that, he didn't do those things easily, you know. Um, 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 you know, it was, it was it was hard for him as well. And, uh, and um, yeah, and he did a lovely carving for me on that same driftwood uh, just uh, just as Survivor and he got the names and, yeah, so it was, yeah, it was really nice to still have that. You mentioned before your charity, Communities for Communities, and I mean, we've—I know I've talked to you about this on the Oz Network when I've had you there before. But g- give us a bit of a, a tale behind this because this is something that you actually came up with while you're on Survivor, and you've been doing this essentially to this day. I mean, this is a fantastic project. Let our listeners know exactly what this is and and when did it hit you out there in Whalers Way that this is something that you wanted to do. Well, it was an interesting thing. I, I was doing some work before I went away. Um, in uh, I did some work around um, the Sorry Day uh, for a couple of charities, and in, 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 um, in that would be nineteen eight. Uh, what were we? Ninety two thousand would have been two thousand. I think two thousand and one. Yeah, early two thousand and one. Um, and yeah, so so I've been doing some work in the, in different areas, and then and I went away to. Went away to Survivor, and, and and what what actually happens is, you, as I said before, you do have some really real experiences, and and starving, like we were genuinely starving. I know you, you see a lot of us, you know, catching those those shellfish and just eating them and fish and things like that, but it wasn't wasn't that abundant, you know. So there was many days, and I remember I didn't eat I didn't eat anything on day one or day two. It wasn't until day three that we got. I'm pretty sure at the end of day two or day three. That we, it might have been the end of day two that we got some fire to have a first food. And so you're genuinely starving and then, you know, we didn't have any shelter and water was a precious commodity. And I actually had this feeling of starting to just feel, I don't know, I started to feel richer like just by changing my perspective, you know. And I was, you know, you know, we were reasonably well off and I lived in a nice home and always had everything at tap. And all of a sudden here I'm, I'm living in the dirt Um Freezing cold every night, uh, constantly with a starving and, and a pain in your tummy, uh, having to keep, treat water as being precious, having really no shelter and then no family. And then I suppose I just started thinking, shit, this is people's this is people's life. Yeah, a large number of people in the world live like this for the rest of their lives. And uh, yeah, I'm not in a, not in a. I just that actually just thought process just made started to make me feel really really fortunate 
And also I thought, oh, I'd really like to do something because you get, you know, you get a bit of fame. And I thought, well, you know, really, and I was looking for something in life to do. And I thought, oh, I'll just, you know, when I, you know, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll use this opportunity. So more time I thought about it and then I was thinking about this idea of people coming together. And then I could see how my me changing my perspective by an experience made me feel richer. You know, and I often say I didn't win any money, but I, I 100% came back a much richer person, a much richer man. And uh, and that, that was why I was saying before, that's why I really wanted to finish those last nine days. You know, I just thought this is just really a special time in life that I won't, may not get again. And so when I – and then and then I had that – so that was that feeling of, yeah, like if we can change our perspective because the reality is, you know, in our world, we keep getting told we don't have enough. <laughs> and you get told you don't have enough enough, then you believe you don't have enough. <laughs> the reality is everybody here, we're all, you know, even if you're, you know, you're not really well, well off in a, in a Western country, you're probably in the top 5% of the world, you know, and uh, we know that anyway. So, but, so anyway, I thought, oh, well, that's about perspective change. And the way you change your perspective is about helping others. So this idea of, and so when I got home, and so you asked before what I spent time thinking about, was about this idea of how, how do I create a charity concept um, based around a community helping community? Because at the end of the day, what was really powerful about Survivor was how the eight of us and then seven when Jeff left worked really hard to support each other. And that's the other thing you don't see a bit. I mean, you see a bit of the niggering, oh, Jane's not walking off or Joel's not doing that. And that a lot of bit of that's a bit editing. The reality is you're helping each other all the time. And, and to be honest, to, live, to sleep with each other, to keep each other warm, just to stay warm, and people you're actually competing against in a way, was really quite unusual. And, and I, and I realised how powerful that concept of people, and also to be quite honest, you know, why our team went well is because we combined as a team, even though there was later on this bickering. If you bring people together and they work together, they become a lot stronger. And, that, and I think that was a strength which undid the other team. So, so, so when I got back, I thought, well, you know what? And then I got heard about, you know, not being able to raise, you know, win a million dollars, half a million dollars. So I just stupidly thought, well, I'm going to try to raise half a million dollars. And so then I uh, got at that Dremoyne swimming pool because uh, I was a secretary. We hired, a, I, I, not hired, I just rent, you know, just got the room for the day and we had a meeting. I just asked about a dozen friends over who had different backgrounds and I said, look, um, this is when the show had been announced. And I said, okay, I've got this idea of, this charity and originally it wasn't really a charity it was an idea to support money so we let's try to see if we can raise five hundred thousand dollars and i pitched this idea of having a national trivia uh, survivor trivia night on the the kickoff night um and coincide with that and, and you publicize all the nation and then people turn up and dress up and all that sort of stuff but, and channel nine let me i did actually get to the marketing team to present it they said no but we did a we did a, a trivia night not on the night of the end of Survivor because that's uh, midweek, but we did it on the weekend after. And I think we had eight, well, no, I think we had eight of the survivors actually turned nice. up. Some of them, um, I think Jeff came up from Canberra and uh, Naomi was there. Anyway, we had eight people there and we did a trivia night. We only raised $35,000, but that was the start of what became Communities for Communities. We, we, we The first project we built um, 12 schools on the Thai Burma border. And then since then, we've been involved in building houses and it's a completely volunteer organisation. There's no employees, there's no office. Um, it's just built on the goodwill of, of community and it's all based around one community coming together and helping another community.
And um, yeah, so it's been a great journey. It's it was you know I said before, Survivor was a, you know I was eternally grateful for the gift of being able to do it. Um, I would also say that um, you know it also gave me a great gift in in pointing me in the direction of communities for communities, which I've uh, massively enjoyed. You know, for now for. 18, 19 years, and um, you know, and not that we talk about it a lot, but this, you know, it, it was birthed in, in Survivor. It's amazing, Lance, that you've done all that and you didn't win the five hundred thousand prize money. What would you have done if you did win? Win the show and the money? Do you think that would have changed things? You know what? It's, it's, I, I hadn't thought about that. Um, well, sorry, that's probably not exactly true. Um, had I've, I, I did, what, I did think about while I was winning it, would I give the money away? And I thought, no, my wife will hate me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that was probably a fleeting thought. You know, maybe I, um, you know, had I've won it, it could very well have changed things because it was definitely, you know, the response of trying to raise five hundred thousand. You know, and a couple of those people. Uh, who, who were those friends who came together? Not everybody. I told them why the goal was five hundred thousand, <laughs> yeah, because some of that was that was a little bit, you know, sort of self self indulgent maybe. Um, but a couple of people, you know, over a beer at different times, I'd said, "Oh, well, actually, the idea, you know, the five hundred thousand came from the fact I was pissed off I couldn't win." So I said, <laughs> <laughs> "You know," and I really didn't think I'd raise it. And I, and I, you know, I had, it was initially like all these things. You start an idea, and the idea originally was to raise it on one night, and that was it. You know, we were going to raise five hundred thousand for charity. Um, you know, I had all of the financial modelling. If you know, if we got to do it in a hundred different pubs and clubs around the country, and yeah, 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 and they were charging twenty five dollars a head, but that didn't happen. But we still did a, a trivia night, and it was a lot of fun. And and, uh, and you know, we even had some memorabilia there. Like we had, uh, I had my. Um, uh, your torch? Nobody, torch. torch yeah, which, which got auctioned off and somebody bought it for about five grand. Uh, oh, no, sorry, I couldn't have had my torch because, you're not, you know, I think Channel 9 held them. Yeah, they oh, did. I bought it at the auction. Oh, I can't remember. Somebody got a torch from Survivor. I don't know how it was unless it was. Anyway, that doesn't matter. But anyway, we, we, we earned, you know, we made that money. Um, and, yeah, so I don't know what would have happened. I, I, I'm glad I never did win. I, I'm, you know, I've... I'm, Genuinely, it was it was a wasn't really ever the reason why I went on it. With the communities for communities, just quickly, Lance. I mean, do you, do you have any idea, sort of, over the eighteen years, how many houses, schools you've built, how much money you've sort of you've raised for it all? Well, we've um, I know we've just gone over three million dollars, um, which is not a lot of money for a charity for eighteen years. But but remember, we're just a group of friends, really. We're a volunteer. We don't have any employees. We have. We've just done it in the side as our hobbies, really. Uh, but it's you know it's a genuine charity now, and we've you know it's a, um, it's it's uh, incorporated. You know we've got tax deductibility. We've probably we're on our way to building almost a thousand homes. Um, we've probably built about 12, 15, oh, well, 15 schools, I'd say, involved in lots of sort of sanitation programs that go with the housing. Um, we've had different partners. We partner with Habitat for Humanity at the moment. Um, and we, we, our volunteers go over. So a lot about what we do is about connecting with other communities. So we don't do one-off projects. The project will probably last maybe two to three years. Well, never two, three years and sometimes longer. And our volunteers might go, some of them you know, may go three or four times in that period of time. They self-fund. 
And uh, it's about building these connections, you know, and probably, yeah, um, yeah, and, and it's sort of a model that's developed really well that one day hopefully we get to share with other people and then other, other communities might take it on. Fantastic, fantastic, and great work. And, um, yeah, you, you sent me a bit of a marketing little promotional video aspect linked to Survivor, which is which is fantastic to see. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's great to see this has been happening for you. And, and outside of that, Lance, how, how else has life been over the last 18 years? You know, you still married, got three wonderful kids. That's three. Remember there's a third one there, Lance? Uh, I mean, everything else going well for you? I've uh, been been very fortunate in life. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I, I uh, uh, after making those changes in life, I, I had a, a very you know rich, you know, still very much in love, which is fantastic. After Angela, she's put up with me for a long time. I <laughs> 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 uh, got the three the three kids. Um, I've got my own business. I, I uh, set up a business in, around based around community engagement, but that's totally different to what the, the charity is. It's t- and mediation and facilitation, um, and uh, yeah, lucky to have lots of good relationships and friendships, and yeah, and and, and you know, and, and lucky that I, I, I don't feel hurt by the show. I mean, I must admit, I, I only, to me, I, you know, it only has a, a which I think most people who do it have the same thing. It, 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 it just it just gave me a great deal. So I'm very fortunate. You mentioned before that you had auctioned off some items from the show. And one thing I love about this podcast is we, we're unearthing all this memorabilia from the show that's been hidden away in people's cupboards and drawers mm. for the last 18 years. Did you end up keeping anything from the show? Like, do you still have your buff? Do you still have any memorabilia from the show? Uh, look, I've got, I, I've got a full set of the Chip Slays, uh, you know, cards, all the competitors. I've um, only because I threw that in a desk one time and I found it not so long ago. Oh, shit, it's a rubber band around it. I, I, all the, the kids are taking a lot. I had a few buffs and things like that, but um, they took them to different fancy dress, you know, all sorts of different things. They, they were, and, they, and they just disappeared over the years. I think I, I have one T-shirt. Um, which um, I asked the crew to sign for me, and um, it was a it's it's one of the t-shirts um, uh, from communities for communities, which I saw that everybody at the at the finale, and they all they all signed that. So that was that was that was uh, nice. So I've still got that. I don't know. It's it's packed away somewhere, but I don't, I don't think I have too many other items other than that. Couple of things. Before we let you go, uh, I do love reading the the bios and everything in the official handbook. And uh, we started off by, you know, doing a bit of trivia, seeing if you remember what you said. We're not going to go through that uh, anymore. But um, I do love here you mentioned your favourite magazine is whatever my wife is reading. Uh, is is that still the case? You still just pick up whatever she's reading and you know on the toilet or something like that? Or Angela actually worked in a mag- she worked for a Pacific publication, so there was all his different magazines coming home, but. Uh, I um, uh, well, magazines don't really exist too much anymore, do they? <laughs> Not too much. Yeah, podcasts now. That's, that's generally what they are, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which and also also like favorite dinner, anything. You just you just like your food. Yeah, I do. I eat everything actually. <laughs> and also, your describe any really embarrassing moments that have happened to you. Now, I do like this. 
You had a golden pair in 11 cricket match that the whole school was invited to watch. You were knocked out in the first 15 seconds of a rugby game and calling your barber by his nickname to his face accidentally, Bill the Butcher. (laughs) That was very embarrassing. That was our uh, our name for him and he turned up one day and I couldn't think of his name. Oh, Bill the Butcher. Yeah. Actually, I've got one here. Let me wait one second. I'll just see if I... Oh, he's going for he's going for something here. I, I like this kind of live elements to this. Where all of a sudden he's 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 thought of something here, Matt. I don't know what what he's pulling out. Oh, the dryer bone. Ah, yes, yeah. the RM Williams. I I, uh, I kept my dryer bone. I slept in this thing for thirty nights. Did you <laughs> wash it? Have you washed it in eighteen years? Would you believe? Honestly, it still has the smell. I, I, I try, it just never come out. The, the, the dirt in here, it's still sort of groundy dirt. Well, I have worn it over the years, but it still has the smell of the dirt and the, and the environment there. So how about that? Just for our, list, our listeners, it, it still looks in brand new condition. It's, uh, yeah. Testament oh, to our good friends at RM Williams. Yeah. RM Williams was the sponsor. Yeah, Fantastic. So, uh, Always got to drop the sponsors. We, we know that. That's, that's a new flavour of jacket, isn't it, Lance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you go. There's a... I'd forgot. I'd, I should have. Yeah. So I have kept that as well. Now, Lance, we all know that Channel Nine never did a second Survivor. Uh, you, yours was the only one, and a few years later, Channel Seven had a crack with the Celebrity Survivor. Um, it was a different version. It was twenty-five days, and it was for for charity. It wasn't until two thousand sixteen that that Channel Ten really had a crack at Survivor, mm-hmm. and. They've now gone on to great things. They've done All Stars. It's it's really become that big franchise in Australia again. Like you've mentioned that you still you still watch it to this day. What, what's your thoughts on modern day Survivor and, and you know All Stars in particular? Unfortunately, they they didn't uh, get anyone back from your season. It was only the Channel Ten players. But but what's your thoughts on current day Australian Survivor? Um, look. I, I've loved it. I mean, when, you know, because we've watched something develop over 20 years. Um, you know, seeing Jane, Shane Gould in that first one was oh, – first one second? No, she was second one. Um, uh, yeah, third third one. That was uh, my season. Oh, yeah, sorry. That got voted out first. Just to remind everyone at home, he got voted <laughs> out first. <laughs> first. Well, look, I, that was very cruel of me to laugh, and I, I, I did not mean that. <laughs> ah, he, he knows he sucks. Two days, it's all good. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think it's fabulous. I, I like Jonathan LaPaglia. I think he's a really good host. Um, I, look, I think this show's even more, you know, the, the producers can influence the show greatly with the, with the format. Um, you know, with idols, and I think, you know, we're all probably a little cynical at times about the people who, who, who find idols and when they find idols, uh, particularly in the middle of the night. It's very easy to spotlight an idol when somebody's walking in the night and uh, just direct them slowly, you know, they're doing a really good walk. And and it's very easy to, in the the, the way the show's produced, so when the producer's asking questions, it's very easy to ask questions that lead. Um, And having said all that, that's my cynicism. I I love the show. I think we've, we've, you know... um, some episodes are better than others. I mean, I think the, the recent one with David, um, you know, he was a great winner, a great player. 
but it, it it tagged off at the end. I think mainly because there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of tension in, in the win. If he kept winning, it was, but there were some great episodes there still. Um, no, I, I really love it. I, I think it's well produced. I like the fact they're not constricted to a timeline. You know, they can let that show slide between an hour and an hour and 15 if they need to, and even longer. Um, I think that's good. I think I think the tribal councils have got much more interesting. I really, in, in, you know, particularly, you know, they can get out of control now, so which I, which I actually quite like. Um and uh, yeah, and the challenges. Well, the challenges are fantastic. Now, you, you know, having watched the challenges on my epi- uh, on um, you know, my series, our series. Uh, wow, what a change there are now. Yeah, you, know, and, and you don't straight- have to measure. You don't have to measure shit and weigh yourself or do a so. How, how's your stopwatch timing oh, yeah. after eighteen years? I, I, I was watching that episode today, and um, and uh, and my son David. <laughs> oh, that's watching- his name. Glad you remember uh, it. And. Uh, and he said, uh, "He said you should be good at this because I'm, I'm actually quite good at cut because I do a lot of so I count my my heartbeat, which is right on sixty. So actually, and I thought I'd nailed it completely. <laughs> and then <laughs> I had a look, I did point one three. I obviously started and stopped it straight away. Only only to be beaten by Sophie. Heroes, <laughs> 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 which was fantastic. <laughs> so." I thought I was a goner when it was first uncovered mine, but yeah. The, but the, the some of those um, uh, challenges now are fantastic, and, and they're quite physical. I mean, you know, watching, um, uh, you know, watching those some of them in the last, you know, they're, they're, they're really physical. So, uh, but once again, it's not always those big strong people that win. It's amazing. Just for the record, Lance, that that challenge with the stopwatch. Uh, ben called that the worst challenge in Survivor history anywhere on planet Earth. Well, don't you think the tie break was that was worse though? The, no. The, the, <laughs> yeah, that's that at least involved mental. Like we've had we've had quizzes on Survivor before. I mean, literally the the Channel Nine art department was going. Oh, we've got a measuring tape. We've got a couple of jugs. Let's just fucking get them to measure shit. Yeah. Well. The, the first challenge was really good. In fact, it was the only really big dynamic challenge they had on that on our survival, on our one. And of course, that petered out in the wind. <clears throat> but um, uh, the next day was a bit of I thought it was so yeah so flat. But yeah, and then Lucinda decided that she wanted she was happy to go anyway. So um. quick question as well, just on what you're talking about with the modern survival. And this is something we we don't generally get a lot of of opinion on players and that. But it, it follows up from a question I know you and I had a discussion on on the Oz Network last year. At the time we were talking about David's original season, uh, Luke was on that season, of course, and I, you mentioned that you thought Luke was the best Australian Survivor player of all time. I asked you who you thought was better, Rob or Luke. I'd love to hear your opinion right now on Rob or David because this, I think, is something that Matt and I sort of have alluded to a, a little bit now that maybe this is a, a true discussion point, who is the best player of all time. And where would you weigh in on that? You know, David or, or Rob is the best of all time? Oh, Dave. I mean, you, you, you what, what, when we saw him play back to back, um, two different games. One, one where he was on the outer, uh, constantly scrapping, um, constantly hanging in there, constantly on the, and then just watch him follow up, completely change his game. Uh, still, you know, he can't help it. He's charismatic. He's full of life. Um, and, um, but then change the game up, and then you know build an alliance which stayed solid right through, which you and 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 let go of people at the right time, 
and you know, and and obviously, you know, he's won the idols and the golden god stuff, and he's an entertainer. Let's face it, you know, uh, he's he, he is gold, <laughs> and um, he he was he was fabulous to to watch, and I, you know, yeah, him 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 and Luke were great together, um, but I thought that, that hands down, it doesn't mean, and it's a bit like comparing champions in different eras, you know, you you pick a Steve War or. Or, 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 you know, a, a Labashane today, you know, or, uh, or Smith today. Um, great players, a uh, bit hard to say, but that's a lot of the fun of fans. Fans like to sit there and argue and have a beer over and try to work out who's the best. But, shit, David would be hard to beat. You know, the amount of moves he pulled off and the charisma with which he did it and the way he kept surviving, um, or, uh, I loved it. Little, a little funny little point, which is my, my daughter lives in New York in Brooklyn. And her husband Ross um, uh, manages. He, he's a motorbike. He's a motorbike mechanic. Uh, he's a, sort of specialises in doing up motorbikes. He, he's passionate about motorbikes. And one of his clients is David. Which well, there you is go. Wow. Amazing. So uh, when we met, well, got a well. Actually, David's come back here now, anyway. So, um, but yeah, small world. So Scott's been. Oh, sorry, not Scott. There's my, my brother-in-law, uh, uh, Ross, out, my son-in-law. His, um, yeah. So he's quite friendly with uh, David, um, and uh, works on his bike. We so, love yeah. finding these connections. We found a few connections, kind of between you know seasons, players, and all this sort of stuff. I mean, Naomi recently posted a picture of her wearing the Golden God T-shirt. She'd already had that before we'd interviewed her, and we obviously had a great picture sent to us last year by Deb. She she bumped into Pia Miranda at the Actor Awards, and as far as we know, that is the only picture in existence of sort of old school meeting, new school of Australian Survivor. Obviously, we know that uh, recently the Golden God interviewed Guy Leach, so there's kind of another sort of old-school, new-school connection. But given we're a podcast celebrating the history of Australian Survivor in two eras that really don't connect with each other, we love it that there are bits that do connect with each other. Yeah, well, look, I think you have a natural connection, you know, not that we get that opportunity, but you have a natural connection with anybody who's lived that experience, you know. it's um, uh, uh, There's something very bonding in it and... and, um, Regardless how many days you last, you know it's 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 all part of the excitement, the build up, and the um, and and, um, and then the experience of it. Um, but yeah, so who who, who do you think? Uh, who's your favourite, Dave? Or, who's, or, my, who's mine or Matt and I? Or who do we think? Right. I yeah. mean, I have different. Look, it, it, this is something that Matt and I have kind of constantly brought up since David's win. That it, it there's so many sides to this that you can look at and. I, I really think in the future we're going to do an episode where it will kind of be almost like high school debate format. I feel like you'll have teams and everything. But, um, look, I I really don't know if I can answer that right now because I've, I've been an advocate defending Rob forever and I would still stand on that. And, and recapping these episodes, there are so many subtle things about Rob's game that I think just need to be put into context of when he won and how he won. But David as well, I mean... He just, as you said, he adapted, he moved along. And, and someone like David shouldn't win Survivor. I call him the, the Tony Vlachos of Australian Survivor, you know, this over-the-top character who genuinely doesn't win the game, but somehow he won the game. And I, I can't ignore that either. So I, I, I hate to be the, you know, the middle ground line ball person because, you know, I, I hate this answer as a, somebody who interviews people for a living, but I, I, I can't answer that right now. 
Lance, I, I watched your season as an 18-year-old when it first aired. I applied for your season. I was one of the 8,500 people that actually applied for your season. It, it's not until doing these recaps and analysis of of your season, I realised how good Rob really was as a winner. Like, he was the ultimate player. In saying that, though, I was a massive Golden God fan the first time he played. I think the fact he was always seemed to be on the bottom. He tribe swaps went against him, but he, he just managed to just stay in there, stay in there until finally he was voted out with an idol in his pocket. He then, mm. you mentioned it, he then goes and plays the very next season, so back-to-back, and Ben's right. He had no right winning that season. It's a 50-day game, but he managed to, manages to get through after already people knowing he was a huge threat. He goes on and wins All-Stars against players that, you know, really are meant to be the best of the best. So I know Ben's not going to answer it, but for me, as much as I love Rob's game and he was the ultimate player, I just can't go past David. I just think the fact it was a 50-day game and he Mm. won is just... He could play that game another 100 times and he probably wouldn't win a game. Like... But I just think he, he he just he did it, and and you've got to give him credit for that. Mm. What what are your thoughts about the fifty days versus the thirty nine days? Perse- I, I I love the thirty nine. I'm a big fan of the original thirty nine. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm the same. I'm a traditionalist. I'm I'm a thirty nine days, uh, thirteen episodes, fourteen episodes. T- to me. We we don't need 25 episodes. We don't need hour and a half episodes and non-elimination crap like that. We don't need that. And what about two or three at the the finale? Two. Always two. Two, Yeah, definitely two. And and, and I'll just say, Lance, with the the 39 days compared to the the 50 days, or in the first two seasons of Channel 10, it was 55 days. Um, The problem is we're having now is... They put 24 people on it, but that at least at least four in every season barely get shown. Like we 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 say that you know you only got 19 confessionals in 30 days. Well, we're having people last 20 days, 30 days, and and, and some don't even get one confessional. Like they just don't show them. They you see them in the challenges, you see them sitting around camp, but you don't ever hear them talk because they. They just think, oh, well, we've got so many other characters, we don't need to show them. So to me, my argument would be, well, if you pick the, the right 16, 18 people, you know, you can, you don't need the other six people. You can, if you pick the right cast, you can just show that cast and do a 39-day game. That's just me, you know, because I think what's the point in having characters if you're not going to show them? Yeah, and you develop the character. You have, small numbers allow you to develop the characters more. Um Confessional, so I would never have any idea him comparing them. So you said I had nineteen. What would so what would Rob have who won it? How many? How many uh, would it? I'll, I'll get that. I think he had in fifties or in the sixties, I believe, off the top of my head. I, I do have that. Uh, if I quickly pull that up, but it, and it depends. Like this is because this is the thing that a lot of sort of fans and all that do. Sort of particularly with the American season, it sort of they use confessionals almost as as the basis for for determining how a person's edit was. And I mean, look, I'll be I'll be honest with you, Lance. I think that if you were on a modern season, you would have had even less uh, basing kind of on what Matt's saying because yeah you you do have a very 
skew if editing format now, particularly when you have so many more episodes, there's no excuse for you not showing a play. There really is no excuse. Um, so it is kind of silly. Uh, and as I stretch myself out here, Rob had 63. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Who is next? Who, who, who? Oh, uh, so, yeah, I do. So Rob was uh, 63, Shona had 50, Katie 46, and then Craig was fourth on 40. Uh, Joel ended up with 31, the same as Sophie. You and Jane had 19 each. So, yeah, as I mentioned before, Naomi, Karen, Deb, and David. David, in three episodes, got one more confessional than you did in 10 episodes. Right. Right. Okay. Well, that's good. It's good to know. It fits anyway. into Matt's, uh, you know, love of him as a character. And, I think. And, uh, yeah, and and that's why I say David Haas is one of the greatest Survivor characters. I'm not saying the greatest player, but the greatest characters of all times. In three episodes, he got twenty confessionals. So his confessional ratio is very high for his number it, of days. It, it was yeah, it was the, the highest. highest. It was the yeah. highest of your season. Yeah, right yeah. up. There. Oh, that's yeah. a it's an interesting thing. I'm going to tell you. Um, you know, one little thing you just talked about, Rob, and I'll just go back to him because, you know, um, I, and I mentioned it before in the plane, Rob won me over. When I say won me over, he connected with me non-verbally on the plane uh, as we were, uh, um, actually as we were sitting down uh, and, then, uh, and, then when we, and then when we landed again. Um, so yeah, so he 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 was a very astute um, uh, people person. One final question for you, Lance. It's a question we've started asking now to all of our guests because I think it is important as we go over and and recap your season, remember your season, find all these stories about your season. It is a season that over the years, of course, generally has been forgotten about by a lot of fans of Survivor and Australian Survivor, particularly now we have this new renaissance of the show. Everyone loves a Channel 10 version. They don't want to acknowledge that we ever had any other versions besides the Channel 10 one. Do you think that's fair? Do you think you guys need to be acknowledged? I mean, you were part of the first 16 players to ever play this game. I mean, how, how do you look back and think that your season should be remembered? Um, well, look, I, I yeah, it doesn't, doesn't worry me. It's not as if I'm, I'm, I'm burning to have it acknowledged. It is what it is. It was there. It was the first one. Um, look, I think from a, from a history point of view, I, I, I probably w- would include it. I mean, um, when you think about, um, you know, when when cha- like tennis, when t- tennis changed professionally, initially they didn't recognise uh, it was a whole new era and then they merged it. Same thing happened, World Series cricket. Well, World Series cricket, they acknowledged them as first-class runs but not as test matches. Right. And so they still gave them as first-class runs. but not. So um, there may be something like that, and there might be a, a lobby group. You might be the people that, you know, that, that lobby just to, to we're, have We're it. the front of it. We're, we're trying very hard. Don't you worry about yeah. that. I mean, I mean, you know, it'd be good to, to, to um, see, you know, you could, you know, see Katie or Craig run back on Survivor, you know, all-stars. Um, uh, I'm sure they'd be both very keen. Um um, as anybody would be, but yeah, no, I look. I I think it's it's probably only because of the TV contracts that they're not doing it. Um, I imagine so, so, something in that in that capacity. I mean, CBS owns it internationally, and they've 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 now bought in a ten. I think haven't they? Is that right? Well, yeah, I mean, is it, well. Castaway, I think, technically only international, but you're right. CBS owned the ten one, which I mean, again, that throws up into whole different context about how 
9 are still showing the US one, yet 10 Play or 10 Access, whatever it's called, have all the older seasons to show. So, I mean, maybe one day if if CBS end up getting it off Channel 9 and putting it on Channel 10 and just kind of having it all under one roof, uh, I mean, I don't think that really changes much. But it's interesting with Channel 9 that, um, you know, in brief conversations with them about this version – they don't even tend to acknowledge it. So, um, yeah, no. <laughs> well, you know, I suppose I don't understand. Because, look, one was on nine, then one's seven, and now ten, isn't it? They've, they've all had, all uh, three, yeah. It's uh, Big Brother's about to join Survivor, as I think. I, I don't want to say the only show in the history of Australian commercial television to appear on all three networks, because I don't think that's true. But it's it's definitely one of them. Reality wise, only Survivor and now Big Brother that I can think of have been on all three. Plenty have been on two, but not all three. Yeah. So it's. Uh, are you enjoying the current American one? I I am. Uh, I mean, be careful how you talk about this, Lance, because I know Matt Matt's not quite caught up. But um, I I personally am. Uh, this has been my dream season, uh, my entire life as a Survivor fan. So I I, I am loving it. It's been a, a breath of fresh air, considering I don't think the US uh, has produced a good season in quite some time. But uh, no, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And of yeah. course, by the by the time we release this episode, there will already have been the winners winners of war. Uh, Second ever two-time winner, but uh, yeah, I've got a little bit of catching up to do. I'm I'm a few episodes behind at this point. All right. Okay. Well, it's uh, yeah. Well, well, it's all on tomorrow night. Wednesday, oh, Thursday night here, but Wednesday night the US. I think. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah it's been. But uh, look, I I, I I mean, having somebody. Well, you know that somebody's coming back in the game. I won't say, but but yeah, somebody coming back in. Uh, uh, with the last six will be interesting. Um, yeah. See if they see if they do a similar thing with what happened on the last time we had Edge of Extinction, where obviously Chris went on to win. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I personally don't think that's going to happen this time around. But hey, stranger things have happened. Depends who comes in. Depends who comes yeah. in. Yeah, very yeah. true, Lance. It has been an absolute pleasure to have this conversation. Uh, you know, I, I know you and I have talked a couple of times over the years on, on other shows in, in other capacities. They've sort of been more about your thoughts on that week's episode of whatever Survivor has been on at the time. But it's been, a, it's been a pleasure to really kind of dig into your mind, learn all about these things behind the scenes, because as Matt and I say constantly throughout this podcast, it's, it's always fascinating to hear everybody's perspective from the show. Because as you said, you had your perspective Jane's going to have hers. Craig has his. You all have your different perspectives, and we're hearing all these different stories. So we, we really do appreciate your time here on ASA today to, to go over these and uh, also remember that you have a third child. So that, that's good that you finally remember that, I think. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Um, ben, uh, Matt's great. Lo- lovely sharing and talking about it. It brings back great memories. In fact, you know, as I said, I've only just I've only watched my series twice. Um, and so I think I'm going to watch it a third time now because I, I really enjoyed watching that episode. I thought I'd better have a look at it today just to make sure I, you know, I remember everything correctly. But, uh, yeah. Yes, and, La- and Lance, I'll, I'll try to get you back in touch with Shona, but uh, when she finds out that you were never going to give her a vote, I, I don't know if you'll get that call back. Yeah. Uh, she knew that at the time. <laughs> no, but, I don't joke. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that was great. So, um uh, yeah. Okay. Well, look. Thanks for thanks for uh, asking me on. It was great to spend the time chatting with you. And uh, time went by. Well, it's gone. It's gone. It's been quite a long time. <laughs> but you know, when you love something, it's easy to talk about it. And and uh, and you and you're keen for that reunion, Len? Oh, 
percent. I will. I'll, I'll be. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, help in whatever capacity that ends up being. Wherever it ends up being, I'll be there. Good to see that we're starting to get a few people lined up for a potential reunion. But uh, also good to see, or at least case I guess, good to hear another great interview, Matt Dyson. How good are these Tapara interviews? We had we had the great Jeff Brown interview, and uh, it's great because we're seeing different points of view of the the characters on the show. We obviously with Jeff, you know, he talked about Rob, and and they weren't that close. And now we see obviously in Lance's interview, he talked very highly of uh, Rob, and um, it was interesting too hearing about his relationship with Shona. I mean, Lance was that. He's that type of guy that gets along with everyone. But this is a beauty about the game, Ben, is there's always going to be people you just prefer a little bit more than others. So I find that fascinating. Yeah, no, absolutely agree with you. And it's it's going to be interesting to hear from other Tapara members along the way to hear their thoughts on each of, of these people. And let's be honest, today we learnt that Jane was awesome even more so. So last week it solidified that point and how will that dictate into next week? Who knows? Well, Matt and I know because as you kind of heard in this interview, we've already recorded it. So uh, there, there goes that slight spoiler alert. But it, it, it is an entertaining episode next week. I think it's a, it's a groundbreaking episode of, of Australian Survivor and the fact that we get a, a very prominent deal made kind of the whole season, the way it's all going to end is all locked in from next week. And it, it's a very interesting, unique episode and also a very sad episode because we do say goodbye to royalty next week as well. We do, Ben. Of course, you've you've named her Queen Jane. There's been, it's been that roller coaster ride, isn't it? We, we've said it before. There's the highs of Jane, where she's Queen Jane, and then there's the lows, where she's you know sucky Jane. So um, it is. It, she's the youngest player ever. We keep saying it, and uh, it's it's going to be a sad moment when we when we lose that 18 year old Jane. And also a very happy moment next week when uh, certain somebody on this show reveals a hidden talent for something that <laughs> uh, maybe I wasn't aware of. That was a hidden talent. Uh, Matt, do you want to do you want to allude to anything more on that, or do you want to keep it a secret? Ben, come on, you've got to keep this sort of stuff a secret. You can't go just blabbing it out there. This it's it's worth listening to well i don't know is it is it is it worth waiting for ben no it's it's worth listening to trust me Uh, it is uh, believe me it is worth it but uh stay tuned for that next week in the meantime remember to hit us up on all the social pages instagram twitter facebook drop us some comments we appreciate all the feedback we do get remember if we get to 500 likes or follows on any of those services matthew dyson will swing on a vine get to a thousand we will see matthew dyson's audition tape which we're all eager to see and of course to stay up to date with each of these episodes subscribe to us wherever good podcasts are downloaded apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher you name it we are there leave us some feedback while you're there we would appreciate hearing from you along the way as well and, of course, if you want to get your hands on an exclusive Aurora buff, shoot us an email, Australian Survivor Archives at hotmail.com for more information. There are still a few left, and you can still get one, which would be a nice little keepsake for any Survivor or Australian Survivor fan out there, of course. Uh, but it's been another great episode. Thanks again to Lance Brooks for his time on this show. We have learned a lot, and let me just end this podcast by saying my name is... My name is... Uh, Maybe I'm the third son of Lance Brooks. I don't know my name. (laughs) My name is Matt Dyson, and 
It's past my bedtime. <laughs>